This episode is sponsored by CastlemaniaGames.com. Castlemania specializes in retro and modern video game accessories. Their store includes new retro accessories from HD Retrovision, Eon Gaming, Retrobit, and more. They also carry products from modern games to consoles and accessories, as well as homebrew and repo parts. At checkout, use the coupon code THEGAMERSLOUNGE to get 10% off your order. Thanks again to Castlemania Games for sponsoring this show. My name is John Meadows. With me, as always, is uh, Dennis, Nathaniel, and Robert. I got thrown a curveball because Robert was hello, here. Hello, hello. So <laughs> get out of I my... Just, I love that you say always, and then I pop in like once every six months. Well, you know. I, I mean, you know, I think this is my second showing in like four months, which is, you know, a new record <laughs> over the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's fine. It, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> and, of course, anybody that was listening to the pre- Holy crap, I don't know. Something is total all my audio stuff was screwed up. Uh mic, this camera, and then I, I, I you know, you have everything perfect for years and then all of a sudden one day you come in and it's all just jumbled up. So I don't know. I don't understand. Lies. It's never it's been a, perfect. It, There's always a weird thing with it, John. You it's know. usually just my headset or it's usually just my camera. I mean, once I got the whole thing figured out with uh, pretzels so I could play the music and not hear us talk and have it all back in here, everything was perfect. Now it's all screwed up, so I'm going to have to try mm-hmm. to figure that out again. I don't know. I mean, if you, if there isn't something technically that goes wrong, are you even streaming live on Twitch? I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> nine times. Okay, I'll, I'll say seven times out of ten, I usually don't have to do anything. You know, usually it's just open it up, update everything, and go. But for some reason tonight, yeah. everything just audio. That was it. Just audio. Everything <laughs> else is fine. So uh, the I'm, most I'm important to... thing of a podcast, the audio. So. You know. it's, it's just true. It's true. I'm, I'm not used to streaming live this early in the day. So uh, my problem was it's lighter than normal. So well, none of my yeah. lights are showing up as I like them, but it's fine. They're there. Yeah, it's all good. Because you can we, see my face. I guess that's what's important. We all don't live in Hawaii where it's three o'clock in the afternoon. We all live on the, <laughs> in, the in the United States where it's, well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's dark here. So it's, Listen, it's been I can't see a palm tree from where I am right now. Okay. Uh, well, uh, then you're not, <laughs> then you're not living the right Hawaiian life. <laughs> <laughs> I have an avocado tree growing on my uh, on okay. my balcony. Does well, that count? <laughs> that, that that'll work. That counts. I mean, a dr- it's a dragon fruit, it's, you know, tree or or plant it's, vining next to it. It's something that won't grow in West Virginia. So yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. fine. Because yeah, you know, the dirt's too rocky, and uh, as as the song goes. But anyway, <laughs> for anybody that knows uh, uh, bluegrass, that's how the song goes. <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're we're not here to talk about growing avocados and stuff. That's a different podcast altogether. So <laughs> this is the that one's on Sundays. Sundays. Yeah. yeah, that's our it's our agricultural uh, uh, podcast. It's on on Sundays. So. Yeah, it's like if we made a podcast for every tangent we've ever gone on oh, the show, God. we would have way too many podcasts. And I would I would never have any other time than to do podcasts. That's all. I'd, ha- I'd have to yeah. quit my job, and you know, I'd have to do. So it this full this time. is episode that'd be the dream. Yeah, honestly, this is episode two hundred and thirty five, right? So that we would have. 235 single show yeah. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's exactly. how it would go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what were, what were you going yeah. to say, Dennis? That was the... <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, like, I, I envy people who can make a career out of podcasting. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, I... Because I, I would love to do that 24-7, but, you know, that's not... But that, that the success rate of that is very, very low. Like, yeah. you, there, there's only a handful of people that really, you know, a lot of them need to use some sort of Patreon or something like that. They don't have sponsors. Like, right. like no. How many Joe Rogans are there in the world? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's very, very few. So, well, like, and that's just it. It's it's mostly the ones that are successful are the, are the ones like Joe Rogan. And what was it? I started listening to, uh, unless you started very, very early. And when I say very early, like, when podcasts first became a thing on Apple, you would have, but, uh, Oh, uh, Dana Carvey and, Oh, uh, what's his, what's his name? That was the other guy that was in Tommy boy. Uh, um, the skinny guy. Um, why can't I remember his name? Um, he was with Tommy. Wrong reference for me. Um, (laughs) yeah, he was Joe dirt. Not that old Joe dirt. Oh, David Spade. David Spade. No, Thank you. Yeah, David Spade. I, yeah. yeah, I wanted to say that, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's they. They started a podcast. It's like, oh, we're ten episodes in, and we've already got like seventeen sponsors. They take twenty-seven breaks in Gee, an hour. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like no. maybe because you had a big name before you started your podcast. Yeah, Whoa, it's like weird. Whoa, weird. It's weird how. Oh, I, you know, I don't do much acting. I still do my stand-up. Let me do a podcast, and everybody will just flock to it. And, of course, I listen to it. So <laughs> it's, it's weird all of the fans that I've gained from acting haven't followed over to our podcast. Yeah, right? so weird. What's up with that? That's that's the whole reason why we brought you. I don't here. know. I, just, I forgot to send out the tweet. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Gosh. You know what? Fire that man. No. <laughs> Wait, was I getting paid? Yeah, no, no, no. You didn't tell him? Oh, Dennis, you didn't tell him? Oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. Oh, oh that's... I'm going to need my back paycheck. <laughs> oh, but anyway, let's let's talk about video games for a little while. <laughs> um, I haven't had much time to play anything, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I've only played one game, and I literally just started it the day before yesterday. Um, and that was uh, uh, Baron Breakfast. Um, I don't know if anybody has any of the others, any any of you guys have heard of this game, but it's like I have heard of it. Yes, um, I had heard of it. I was interested in it, and I thought ah, I'm going to buy that sometime. And then I talked to my niece the other day, and she said her her boy, my great nephew, was going to camp this week, and he was going to learn to play. Uh, Pokemon trading cards. I was like, oh, what? He's going to, he was, and they, it's some kind of video game centric camp that he's going to. And I'm like, he doesn't play video games. Well, they bought him a, or got him a Steam account and they bought Baron Breakfast. And I was like, well, then I've got to buy Baron Breakfast. If a seven year old who doesn't play video games has it before I do, there's a problem. So it's like, so, so I picked it up. It is, it is really, really good. It's kind of a cross between, like a Stardew Valley 
and a animal crossing i would say um you're a bear who lives in this woods with abandoned buildings around and you decide that you want to build the buildings up so humans will come back so you're running a bed and breakfast as a bear but the <laughs> people who stay there don't know that the bear is running the bear and breakfast or the bed and breakfast <laughs> um so you know you you build i'm getting mobile games from this <laughs> uh, it's kind of it's kind of it, i could see it on mobile but it's a little more it's almost a little more technical than what you could probably do on mobile um i mean i guess you could probably you know any more mobile games i say yeah be more technical but really you know any game could be mobile anymore um especially with a controller <clears throat> and bluetooth but um yeah so all i've done is i've made the camp there's a guy who runs the the bus terminal there in the woods that has all these broke down buses. I built some bus stops, had my first people come. And every time nobody says anything, they just have little bubbles over their head. So if they're tired, they have little sleepy things. If they're hungry, they have little hungry things over their head. And every time they see me walking around doing things, it's a scared surprise because I'm a bear working on the house, you know, (laughs) building stuff, putting furniture in the house. And, you know, and you can, and you, you got to keep your people happy. So, you know, you got to build a kitchen, you got to have a garden for food. You got to have an, you know, a bathroom, a bed, uh, you know, decorations to make it look nicer and, uh, to get your reputation up and stuff like that. And literally you're taking, you're going through the garbage every night and taking out stuff to build new things. It's, I mean, there's crafting, there's, you learn recipes, there's gardening, there's, all kinds of stuff. I've only played it for like maybe two, two and a half hours, but it's, it's really cool. And it's very, it's very cutesy, but I could see where a lot of people who liked animal crossing and Stardew Valley and stuff would really like this. Cause there's this, you know, there's the building aspect and you get comp, you know, visitors like you do in uh, animal crossing stuff. It's not out on switch yet because they're still, <clears throat> apparently they've, submitted it to nintendo so they're just waiting for the approval they had to do uh controller support uh which the pc version doesn't have but it still works perfectly on steam deck um even with unofficial controller support it still picks up the sticks it picks up the buttons picks up the triggers and just to move things around like when you're building a house or something you have to use the little pad on the left right side point and it's real simple and easy to use in fact when they do probably put controller support on it i probably won't use it because i've gotten used to these controls so (laughs) but i'm looking at this picture here what's the story with this unamused bird he's your buddy (laughs) so i can't play i can't play as no you're only you only Uh play as the bear and you've you've got a like a fox or a wolf who's a female that's your friend and a little bird who wears a hat and they're just kind of there helping you out with things. Oh, you could go do this, giving you ideas and, and you know, Oh, well, if you need to find something, if you go over here, so-and-so has it, or you go over there and so-and-so has it. Um, it's really, so far it's really cool. I mean, it's just a chill game. I, I think I played, like I said, I think I played it like an hour and a half last night, just sitting there playing it. It's very, if any of those games like that that you if you like you know animal crossing and stuff and you get lost in it you'll get lost in this because you just want to build one more thing and upgrade this so you get a little better rating and unlock that and get more visitors yeah, this, this is 
This is the game that I said I got confused with Bear's Restaurant. Because Bear's Restaurant, which yeah. is a completely different game. And I never heard um, of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it came out last year, too, apparently. But like I, I had had that like sitting on my wish list on both Steam and on uh, Switch for, for quite some time. So when you mentioned that, I was just like, oh, cool. I, I, you know, I've, I, you know, I've had that on my wish list for a while. But then like I, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, wait, no. Because at the time when you mentioned it, I don't. I can't remember if it was out yet or not, or maybe or maybe it's out on Steam, but it's not out on Switch. Yeah, right? it's it not out on Switch. Switch. It just it's it just yeah. came out on Steam the twenty eighth, and they've sent it in for approval okay. on Switch, which that's just what gotcha, they're waiting gotcha, for. So it's gotcha. probably going to be another couple of weeks. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, I got confused with that. I'm like, what? What is it with all these? You know, the Stardew Valley yeah. type games lately, but with animals. <laughs> you know, animals yeah. are the protagonist rather than, you know, like a farmer. You know? Yeah, and it's it's hilarious because you're like a bear who has no idea about anything. You know, your mom lives in the forest right over, and you know that's where you're yeah. living. She was all mad because I didn't come <laughs> home for like days because I was over there building up the <clears throat> the shack for the, you know, for the for the humans and. It's just it's it's a hilarious little game. So it reminds uh, me of um, there were like smaller 3ds games that were around five to ten dollars, and uh, there's one that I loved called uh, well two of them. One was Adventure Bar Story, and then the other one was like Adventure like Dungeon Story. And one of them, as you can imagine, you like built a bar, but then the other one, I, I think you just like built like some sort of you, you built you built something that also had to do with like you know being a restaurant tour basically yeah. and uh but those games were really cool and i i like seeing something like this and i'm glad you mentioned it because it definitely <clears throat> seems up my alley something that's more robust you know and I, I love that you know we've been taking that sort of concept and just evolving it into being a more you know rich and you know deep uh, uh, experience, so I, I, yeah, because I enjoyed those games, even though they were only five dollars. I had the time of my life with those games, you know. Yeah. So, well, I always say, you know, and I don't know if it's in the news. I have to double check, but like, you know, I always say, like, don't let the price of a game sort of deter you, yeah, from you know its worth. Because you see people be like, you know, oh, this game was only five hours, but you know, it was thirty dollars. It's like, so, like, what if that was the best five hours of your life? That the price is irrelevant at that point, because I see people saying that about Stray. You right. know, where like the people who've been playing Stray, you know, they've been enjoying it, but then they're like, no, nah, no, nah, five at five hours, thirty bucks, and I'm just like, well, what you, it's an incredible five hours. What are yeah. you talking about? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just an so, argument uh, I've never, yeah. And like this game, I could see, <clears throat> you know, it's twenty bucks. Can you probably beat it in a short amount of time? Probably, but there's so much you could do. You just keep playing yeah. and playing and playing and playing, and right. it just end up like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, where you just put a hundred hours in it and still well, just keep playing it. You know, and that's what I mean, right? So long as you have like a core gameplay loop that works really well, who cares if you beat the story in just a few hours? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can the replay value is so high. Right. That, well, uh, the story is only one aspect of it, right? right. I mean, it, that's exactly. it, it, it's an experience. It's not just, yeah. oh, I want to see the narrative and, and throw this game out. Right. Yeah, like that. That if you want something like that, which is fine, because I love that stuff. But you know, but that is where you go for you know visual novels or walking simulators. That's where you're going to get your core story experience, right. and then that's a one and done. Usually, there's typically no replay value in there. You know, unless you want to experience it again, like you would like like, like a uh, like a movie. You know, like yeah. oh, I want to watch this movie again. But you already know where it's happening from A, B, C all the way to Z. You know, um, but. But yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's it, at the end of the day, it really is just one aspect of game design, and there's so much more that can go into certainly a game like this. Yeah, so. yeah. 
So, yeah, it's cool. I, I, if you have a Steam Deck, it's a perfect Steam Deck game, even without controller support. I mean, technically, like I said, it, it has controller support. It's just when it pops up and says, hit the E button or E key on your keyboard, it's the B button on your controller. I mean, yeah. it's well, it's, it's not weird hard. that they would say something like that when like when it's clearly coming to switch and it's just like so clearly there's controller support so why would you label it as yeah. you know well they no controller support. the reason is is because they were still working on controller support when they released the game that's why oh, yeah fair. and then they'll update it that's why the switch version has been delayed they were just having they was just taking time to convert things over to controller okay so but you know and then when they said when it releases on switch they'll release an update with controller support but it really doesn't need it. I mean, that little pad button on the on the switch on the switch on the uh, Steam Deck is great because it's it's got that tactical haptic feedback. You can tell where you need to move things. It's not it's not hard. It's not hard at all. It's not like it was on that Steam controller. <laughs> that was insane. Um, but not a fan of that controller, not at all. I'm not either, but you know what? I'm a fan of the person that paid uh, sixty dollars for it when I sold it in the in the uh, <laughs> the streaming box. I mean, I sold that. I, I, I did the what was it called? The Steam box or whatever it was. The was it the No, no, no. The Steam gonna... streaming box. Uh, oh, I forget what it was called. Uh, was it not the Steam Link? Steam Link, that's Steam it. Link? Yeah, Steam Link, yeah. that's okay. it. I literally sold the Steam Link and that stinking controller for two hundred dollars. It's like, oh wow! I paid five dollars for both of them at GameStop when they went on. <laughs> I, the I paid five dollars also. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and then when they traded them in, we gave them Steam, like three too. bucks. Yeah, what's that? They were trying to. They're trying to give those away on Steam yeah. for like five bucks before yeah, too. So like, there's yeah. lots of places you can get them cheap until yeah. they stop selling them, and then you gotta pay two hundred bucks apparently. Yeah, it was just weird because <laughs> I I decided I was going to sell it because I really didn't never used it. I had them, just had them in the box. I'm like, well, let me go online and see what the average price is. Average price is two hundred and fifty dollars. Well, I'll sell mine for two hundred and it'll go like that. And it did. I mean, it was like going there for ten minutes and somebody bought it for two hundred dollars. I'm like, Crazy. what are you? got money to throw around literally six months ago these were five dollars a piece it's like <laughs> yeah that's why i think it's one of them things where oh i can't get it anymore i have to have it i i have to have it in my collection <laughs> it just doesn't exist anymore couldn't pay well, people to happened. buy a pre-owned steam controller yeah. for you know five dollars <laughs> right but they'll pay 200 for a set it's like well, that kind of happened with like Vita TVs for a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're yeah. still they're, they're still of... expensive. You, they're still mm -hmm. over no, they're still expensive. Yeah, I've but, still but, got yeah, one they... in the new in the box that I consider selling it every day that I never use. I'm like, yeah. you know, I really couldn't sell that for two hundred dollars. But I don't. I don't know why. I walk by myself and go, mm -hmm. yeah, I got that. Oh, one day. Like I do with everything else, you know. It's like I've always said. I, I I got a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga back in the day for fifty bucks, and now that thing's worth over a thousand dollars, and it's worth so much that I'm afraid to take it off the shelf and play it because I'm afraid if it drops or falls or busts on the floor, it's like, it's like now it's worth so much money. I don't want to play it. It's like that doesn't. Yeah. Well, I've what? <laughs> it's not worth playing anyway. Yeah. Oh no, Panzer Dragoon Saga is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it, it was of... it was cool back then. <laughs> oh, it's still cool now. You, I, I love it. I love and it's. It, but it's that. Had you did you ever play it? The saga, the role playing yeah, game. I one? had it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, I love the role playing game. Uh, now the old Panzer Dragoon, the one and two, it's fine. You know, you just it's just a rail shooter. Yeah, but I'd rather play Harrier. 
Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. But, man, I love Saga. I, I, I ended up burning copies of it so I could play it. I play it every few years. So I really enjoy that game. I wish... <laughs> Wish somebody could. Yeah, I won't even play my original copies. I burn copies of it, so it's because I didn't want to play my original discs and threat getting scratches because they're worth so much money. When the kids come over, it's just like, God, guys, don't touch that shelf. Don't touch it. <laughs> There's too much stuff on it. I, I think probably one of the more complete things I own is uh, one of the Pokemon Stadium games on Nintendo 64. I still have the box for and everything that came with it, so I'm, I'm sure that's still worth. Even though it's opened, I'm sure that's still worth something. Oh yeah, um, the the one that I had was the one you got for Blockbuster that had the extra stuff in it. Okay. That one was yeah. worth a ton, and I traded it years ago. Didn't even know it was worth any money at the time. So, you know, people just. I think what I got. I'm trying to remember what I got from Blockbuster. I think I got Hey You Pikachu from Blockbuster. What a mess. That game was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the microphone didn't work. He didn't understand me at the time. I always asked him, like, "Do you want to go to Taco Bell? Do you want to go to Taco Bell?" And he, he just he just looked at me like, "Huh? Well, what's Taco Bell? I don't, I don't understand." Yeah, that was the ugliest know. system ever. The Hey You Pikachu system. Oh my oh, god. Oh, that was the, no. Yeah, I'm not even it's talking hideous. about that. I'm just talking about the game. But yeah, that system was. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, that was not. You got one of the Nintendo's finer moments. <laughs> you talk. You talk about. You talk about something more worth some money though. Those Pikachu systems sell for a lot is true. of money. People for want some reason, I, I... And the VCRs. Like... You remember the Pikachu VCRs they used to have? Did you ever see one of those? No. Look it VCRs, up. No. It's it's a there's they have Pikachu VCRs. Those things will sell for over a hundred dollars too. An old standard. It's not even a like a hi-fi VHS player. It's just a regular. look at that standard Pikachu. And if you have the remote, it's worth it, that came with it. It's worth even more. Oh yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> is that a plushy Pikachu yeah. on top of it? Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. what it came with. Yeah, yeah. That makes, right. it, that makes it a Pikachu, you know, a Pikachu VCR. I mean, Jesus, but why though? Like, what? What I is the know. purpose? I don't <laughs> like, know because they stuck Pikachu on it. <laughs> I think you know that's the thing when it comes to merchandising, where it's just like I. It just seems. I mean, you can literally turn anything, and so long you can get anything, and so long as the color palette's the same, yep. you can market it as being part of that property, and then you're good to go. To you capitalism. Know, <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, it'll sell. Yep. It'll sell because of capitalism. Yep. Yeah, so. Because of capitalism. It's like uh, like they said in Spaceballs. We got Spaceballs everything. We got Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah. Spaceballs the DVD menu. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's everywhere. So. Um, One of the greatest comedy films ever made. Oh, yeah. Um, Nathaniel, tell me about... Uh, do you want to tell me about Cult of Lamb, or do you want to talk about something else first? Because I really want to know about uh, Cult of Lamb. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can start there. Sure. Okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't know if you had a particular out. order that you wanted to hit those in or not. So, <laughs> uh, not really. One of them, I was pretty much like, I finished Elix. Don't really have much more to say on it. It was good. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talked about it the last two shows. There's not really much more to add for that one. Yeah. Uh, Cult of the Lamb is really, really great. It's kind of like, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of like taking a roguelite and then mushing it up with Animal Crossing. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like two two games in one, and so you're spending like a bunch of time with the management side of managing the little like cult thing. So like, you start the game, you're a lamb and you're being sacrificed and you get killed. And then 
this uh, imprisoned god thing called He Who Waits, I think, something like that, is all like, haha, you will be my agent. Will you start a cult for me? And the choices are yes or absolutely. (laughs) 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 And so you get, like, resurrected, and you go through, like, a little bit of a level, and then you have to, like, uh, get followers that you then indoctrinate into your cult. And then as you play, you unlock more and more systems. So you get different things for them to do. You have like you can do farms, you can have them harvest like wood and stone and other resources. They also like do some worshiping at a totem thing that also gives you points to upgrade this upgrade tree and then this other thing over here has a different upgrade tree. Some of it will affect what you're doing with combat, some of it will affect, you know, different things you can do with rituals and stuff like say hey you want to sacrifice somebody to get some extra points for your uh, tech tree over here you can do a ritual and you can do that type of stuff once you've unlocked it so it's really really fun the art style is really really cool looking it's Mm -hmm. like even better than it looked like in the trailers just watching it like as you play it it's a lot sharper it's really really nice looking yeah. Especially when I'm running at like I don't know 200 <clears throat> something frames a second oh, on my PC, geez, like way higher yeah. than my monitor. I was like, wow, this game is not got a lot of overhead. Yeah, so I probably run it on pretty you know low end systems. I don't know what the specs are, but so I've heard people say the combat is either kind of like uh, uh, Tunic or Legend of Zelda, like 16 bit Legend of Zelda. Would you would you say it's? Like I would that? say it's closer to tunic, but fast. But you don't have kind of like the stamina system that that has. So okay. you have you have a melee weapon, and then you have a magic ability called curses, and so and then you have like a dodge roll, yeah. and so it's fairly simple. You get different weapons depending on what on your run. You pick up a weapon, and once you unlock the curses at the start of your run, because you don't start out with the magic, you start with just your sword. It's kind of like the tutorial area, but you've got like I've seen swords, daggers, uh, big axe, uh, something else that I'm forgetting as far as like melee stuff. And then there's a bunch of different like weird magic curses, like you're shooting fire, you're raising tentacles from the ground, you're throwing like black ichor that poisons things. You have kind of like a area of effect, kind of explosion thing around you, and like as you go, some of the tech trees are unlocking more and more of these things that show up. And like any good roguelite, you don't know what you're going to get at the start. And then there are a few rooms where you can get like upgraded or different weapons as you go. But pretty much each run is pretty short, at least for the beginning part of the game. So you're not doing too many rooms before you're kind of like back out and then back doing stuff with your cult. Because there's like a uh, day and night cycle type thing. Those time passes even while you're out campaigning or whatever they call it in the game. I can't remember you're doing the roguelite section, it's still passing back there. So, like, your cult members will get hungry. You have to go back and make food for them. Some, oh, no, there's this person's a dissenter now, so they're, like, preaching against you back there. So you have to, like, throw them in jail, or they'll, like, convert everybody else, steal a bunch of your stuff, and leave. And, you know, they're making a mess because they ate too much and they're leaving poop all over the ground. You know, all sorts of just dumb, stupid stuff. But... It's one of those things that when you're like looking at it and just all of kind of what's going on, it's like this is super dark, but because they picked the super cutesy art style, it works. Yeah. It's like oozing charm and it's just super smooth. All the animations are really nice. Everything like the UI and all of that is designed very well so that you always, you know, 
know what's going on. It just looks slick. And then there's like, like, uh, uh, Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, something like that. You do unlock other screens that you can go to other than the cult ones that you are building your, your base. You go to another place and you're kind of like at a coastline and you can do fishing there. Then there's like a dude that you meet out in the forest and you can play a dice game with him or you go to this other guy. He's like, hey man, I'm obsessed with mushrooms. Give me a bunch of mushrooms and I'll teach you this secret ritual to brainwash people. (laughs) (laughs) Bring me mushrooms. So the like god thingy you're serving, you're trying to free it and there's four other gods in the different dungeons that once you beat them, like it destroys one of the chains. Uh, and so the point of the game is to go through all the different dungeons, get to the end, and destroy each one of them to free this thing. But it looks like, based on the UI, you'll probably have to fight it, too, once you've freed it. Because there's another icon after the other four. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume that the lamb eventually becomes god of the universe or something by the end of the game. Who knows? Yeah. I put about seven hours or so into it. and it's, it's one of those games that you just, like, I'll do this thing, and then, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, and then do this, and then, like, suddenly a few hours have gone by. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I get that. Yeah, I, I'm really really want to want to pick up this game. I'd forgotten that it was coming out. I remember seeing the trailer for it and was like, "Ooh, I got to remember to add that to my Steam wish list," and I never did. And then all of a sudden, I saw you playing it the other day. I was like, "Hot dang, that thing's out! I need to buy it." <laughs> yeah, they had like a preview or something last week, and then like reviews came out a couple days before it came out this week, and so I was. Like, oh yeah, I wanted to play that. And then when all the reviews are really good, I'm like, okay, I will buy this right away. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just leaving our wish list for a while. I'm glad I did, because it's definitely way high on my games of the year list yeah. at this point. It's yeah. one of the best things I've played this year. I've heard a lot of good things, so I'm definitely definitely going to pick it up. Yeah, I call it like cute, evil art style. That's mm. like how I see it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's like hey it's creepy it's kind of dark and evil but you know in a cute way yeah it could be <laughs> has, dark and evil has big, cute, cute. big cute eyeballs there's a dedicated button for your uh, sheep character to like bleat so you can just like <laughs> click in I think it's the right stick you click it in and just go like bah <laughs> I don't think it even does anything unless there's some weird secret thing it's just like hey you want to make noise as a sheep go ahead do it oh jeez <laughs> just tell me there's an achievement for, for bleeding like a hundred times or something I mean, maybe I haven't looked at the achievement <laughs> list uh, maybe it had a, I thought maybe they, they they screamed like the goats in uh, Love and Thunder or, or uh, yeah was the, whatever the last Thor movie was it just came out uh, Love and Thunder yeah they I think it's that, yeah. I haven't seen it yeah, yet. Yeah, we went and saw it, but I, I, was, I always get it. I, I can't never remember the title of it for some reason. Love and Thunder doesn't roll off the tongue like Ragnarok, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. How do you even you know measure that? I, I don't know. <laughs> if I could say it or not, which I can't say a lot sometimes. So, you know, it's... it's... But anyway... <laughs> Yeah. The only other thing I've been playing is I started Tales of Arise because I've got my big list of RPGs that I bought during the Steam sale. I'm right. Yeah. Going crossing between different styles of them. So I was like, all right, I just did like a big Western RPG type thing with Elix. Let's go do something completely different and do a JRPG. Right. And I got to say that like Tales of Arise looks really good. I think it's Unreal Engine 4. Mm. They've got some fun atmospheric effects and things like that in there, but boy, it's stupid JRPG story. It's like you play Elix 
And it's like, yeah, this story isn't the best. And then I play Tales of Rise. I'm like, it's not really that much better. Sure, it's got a lot better presentation because they've got a bigger budget. Right. The actual story that's going on, you're like, yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, it it looks really pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah, like all whenever you're like in a battle and all the like crazy stuff is going on and you're hitting special abilities and things, it's just like really fun. So you have just like. Uh, it's pretty much like any of the pre, you know recent Tales games as far as how it controls and stuff. So you're controlling one of the characters, and then you can do you know every once in a while the kitchen additional uh, come up. You can hit a button, and then you'll do like combo attacks and other different types of things. And I'm sure there's plenty more that I haven't unlocked yet because I've only played it for about maybe four or so hours. I've kind of gotten through what I'm I'm guessing is the early tutorial zone. Mm-hmm. The extended JRPG tutorial zone that lasts several hours because it's a JRPG. Right. Where you've gone through kind of like this yeah. first area. Of and course. I beat the first kind of boss of the game, and then I haven't played any really after that. Yeah. So, Does it feel like it's going to be really grindy, or are you going to kind of be able to just I'm, level I up as you go? I can't tell yet. I haven't had to grind anything so far, but it's like I've pretty much done the tutorial. And yeah. That's about it. Yeah. So it could get more grindy later. I have no idea. I, I just haven't put enough time into it. I bought it when it was on sale. I bought it on Xbox. Uh, I bought the disc version. I have yet to even yeah. pop it in the system. So. I had to look it up because I forgot when it came out. And apparently it came out like last September or yeah, something. Yeah, so it was so last not, year. Not a year old so. now. Yeah. 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 I, I bought it last year. I don't remember. I may have bought it on Black Friday or holiday sale or something. I I didn't, didn't yeah, I think, pay a lot for it anyway. So. I think it was like 35 bucks or something like that. Maybe 40 in the Steam sale. I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah, because I bought a few things at once, so like I don't remember what that one was specifically. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It might I may not finish it. We'll see. It's just kind of like any other JRPG. Sometimes yeah. I'll play it and then like, all right, I've had enough, and then stop. Or sometimes it might just be like, okay, I'll keep playing to the end because it's just something with JRPGs specifically. I'm just like, it's the dumb tropes that are in all of these. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, do I care? The story's not pulling me through. So have I had enough of the gameplay yet? That's kind of where it's like when I get to that point, then I usually stop. Yeah, I get that. But I'll definitely be playing more of it, though. I haven't had my fill of it just yet. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, that's me, Robert. You want to go ahead and go since you haven't uh, hadn't been yeah. on in a while. I'll go ahead and we'll save Dennis sure. for last. We always do. I always save Dennis for last. He's got the longest list, but he's got a lot on there that he talked about last week. So <laughs> I mean, we could just skip Dennis, switch it up, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What's that to? I'm just here to observe. <laughs> Guys, he already came back. We he's can't just, talk about it. He's just here to, uh, to to keep an eye on the chat and and make sure yeah. everything's all right. That's all he's here for. I'm just moderating. Yeah. that's all. So you're called. There's an argument not, that starts. Yeah, you, know, no, see, stop it. you could be the producer. That's what. The... <laughs> Right. The, the on on screen producer. Yeah, the on screen producer. John Camera Three. Camera Three, John. <laughs> which which one? Yeah. Is three? Three? <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> one of I am I'm I'm here, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at the confidence monitor guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, there hasn't been a lot that's uh come out in the last little bit that's really caught my attention so i've found myself kind of going back through and um, digging through uh all the games that i missed or that i started and never completed and the first one that i did was uh sack boy a big adventure on the ps5 uh, ps5 launch game i started playing through it with michelle as you know it has a, a co-op uh mode to it so to speak yeah 
And if you know anything about these type of games, like they're pretty easy. You know, they're 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 a fun like uh, kind of casual playthrough for the most part. But when you're going through co-op, especially you know with someone who maybe isn't as well versed in platformers as you are, uh, things get hectic really really fast. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really. You know, they call it co-op mode, but the whole thing is designed at infuriating whoever's not doing as well. So, you, you know, you're running through. Um, I, I like to go really fast uh, through these levels. So, like, I'm rolling, I'm rolling everywhere. But if she comes close to me, all of a sudden, it, it you know, it puts her on top of me as I'm rolling. And, and right. I'm just rolling through a level with her on on my back or uh, we're trying to jump somewhere. And if she happens to, to jump a little bit after me, she'll bounce off my head and, and fall into a pit of spikes or, you know, anything. Maybe I'm trying to, to lasso, you know, something above, but for whatever reason, she's too close and it, it lassos her. Right. Uh, and, and then I, now I'm throwing her somewhere that I didn't intend to throw. But anyway, that aside, um, I really, really enjoyed this game. It's a lot of fun. Um, from beginning to end, until you try to platinum the game. Huh. And <laughs> they have these challenges that are in there, and I'm really glad they're in there, because it is an easy game, and these definitely kick it up a notch, especially if you're trying to go for uh, the gold in a, every one of them, or trying to beat all your your friend scores on your friend list, which in this game, it, it's implemented really, really well. Uh, and I really would love to see those features get added in, in other games. It definitely added a lot of incentive for me if I got to the end. And yeah, sure, I got gold. But then I saw that somebody was three seconds faster than me. I'm like, oh, I can, I can be three seconds faster. Let's go. <laughs> and so then there goes another hour of me trying to beat their score until I do it. Um, but then when you go, like, the, the, there's this one trophy in there. Uh, once you get through all the challenges, which you don't have to get gold. Right. In all the challenges. You don't have to. You do, however, have to get gold in the final challenge. And the final challenge is going through all 15 challenges in one run without stopping. And holy hell. Yeah, I bet. I wanted to break so many things. <laughs> because you only get one hit. You get a hit. Right. If you get hit again, you're dead. And you have to go through. I, I probably played through the first seven challenges in this one challenge like 300 times oh, and it's just infuriating because like you get to the point to where those ones you're, you're like i could do this with my eyes closed i got the timing down i know the exact distance that i can do this roll jump hover thing to get across here to shave off 30 seconds here you know three seconds there and then you, you get you finally get to the new area and you're like okay you press pause and you take a breather you're like and, and, and then you go, but all of a sudden now your rhythm is gone and you die right. literally 10 mm -hmm. seconds later and you're like, Son of a... yeah. anyway, I, I did manage to do it. <laughs> see, I quit chasing achievements after Assassin's Creed 2 on the 360. And I probably told this story a dozen times, but the only thing I had left to get achievement wise was those hundred feathers in that game. Uh, and it took me three or four hours to find the last one. And after I got it, I went, yes, I got a thousand achievement points. I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really like huge on trophies. I will only do them for games that either I have like a storied history with or that I'm like, I absolutely love this franchise. This is one of my favorite games of all time. I'm going to go for this platinum unless it's just 
you know ridiculous yeah. then I'm, i'll then i'll do it for those games alone oh, um and i've always been a big fan of of, of the the little big, big planet games in fact my first platinum ever was little big planet one which was also a really hard platinum mm. back in the day um so i did it and it was it was great and i'm really excited to never have to play it again yeah, i'm sure there's, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a guy that i'm friends with on twitter and that he platinums almost every game he plays he'll play through it and then he'll go back later and platinum and he's got like 200 300 platinum trophies and he gets like wow. 60 a year or something like that and like he's going through right now and they're they're shutting down the servers for uh kill zone on playstation yeah. 4 and he's like oh i've got so many online trophies I've got to get before I can get my platinum. Yeah. So he's going back and playing those before they shut the servers down with he, friends. You know, he could play like, it. He can play it offline still. Yeah. No, but yeah, but to they, get these trophies, right? So, but it's like, what are you? I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, you know, no. and, and me and me and Dennis have this thing where you know, there's when we find little simple indie games that take like two hours to play. You play straight yeah. through the game. You get at a thousand achievement points. You get your platinum, whatever. Fine, I'll play one of those and I'll enjoy it for two hours and get my thousand, yep. you know, gamer score, or platinum trophy, or whatever. But man, when you've got to go play it on ultra hard mode sixteen times yeah. to get this if, last thing, no, I'm not doing if that. There's a difficulty <laughs> trophy. I don't, I don't do it yeah, unless no. it's a difficulty yeah, I can I play from the very beginning. Right. I'm not, right. I'm not going back just to replay it to get to get this trophy. Yeah. I don't have the time. There's too no. many games. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't like stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very picky. You know, with what I do that with, and it's funny that you mentioned platformers because I think they're great for incentivizing the player to try again. Because <clears throat> you were mentioning how, like, oh, this person above me just did three mm -hmm. seconds faster. Oh, I can beat that, and I'm always Heck confident yeah. in myself to do it. And like, and that's the problem that I have with Neon White, dude. I, I, I don't know where I'm sitting now, but when that game came out globally, I was I always made sure I was at least top five, if not number one. Yeah, because yeah. I would always try to find shortcuts because that game with Neon White, you gotta find, you gotta beat the levels as quick as possible. You don't have to, yeah. but you do get rewarded for doing it. Um, yeah. Now, in terms of platinums and trophies and stuff like that, the last time I really remember doing this was with Shantae Half Genie Hero. That mm -hmm. game I got the platinum for, but I remember playing through that game normally, and it was fantastic. And uh, but one of the last achievements that I was missing, um, or trophies, because I was playing on the Vita at the time. Um, it, it was beat the game in under two hours, I believe. Now, my initial playthrough was like just like any standard Shantae game, which could be anywhere between six to eight hours, right? And then my second time around, I was like, okay, brought it down to about four and a half. So after just reading suggestions and learning how to optimize, I brought it down to three hours. And dude, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I remember I almost quit because one of the final times where I thought I had it, I'm not even joking. It was two hours and ten seconds. Oh, oh my god! Two hours and ten seconds. So no. I took a breather. I was like, you know what? I came back like the following day. I wanted to do it immediately afterwards, but I didn't. But I I came back the following day, and then I did it at one fifty nine, like forty eight. Like so, I was still just right there. But I did it. I did it. There and it is. Then, you know, and yeah, and then uh, and then I got the platinum for that. But that's definitely one of the more difficult ones that and there was another smaller game called xeno something it was on the 3ds and it was also on vita i don't know if you guys remember this game it was like a little pixel art game also made by the guy who made mutant muds yeah i know so it was xeno... yeah oh gosh xeno something yeah but no, that game had a up. similar trophy 
where you had to beat it in under two hours. And dude, I was zooming through that game because I, I got to the point where I replayed that game so much where I just, like, I mean, I knew the map like the back of my hand, right? So I was just replaying and replaying and replaying it. But for the life of me, I just, and to this day, and I still think about it from time to time, I, I have not been able to get it. Um, and I tried for days and it just wasn't. And I saw, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me look up how, how people do this. And they were dashing like crazy, which is what I did. Um, but if you hit one wall, that's it. That's time. You may as well start yeah. over because yeah. you need to have a pretty much a flawless run to get that time. That's the only way because every single thing, every single video that I saw was basically so optimized where they didn't hit anything. It was just run gun mm -hmm. and dash and i basically did that but you know it again you'd be maybe an hour and a half into it one wall that's all it takes one wall and that'll yeah that'll Xenodrifter, it's just in, it's infuriating you know the yeah. for the, for that challenge to get gold you had to beat it in under 10 minutes so all 15 challenges in under 10 minutes uh, which is really fast but you know you i've done it so many times at this point that like i literally was hitting edge like the very minuscule like corners of platforms to be able to yeah. to get it as the thing was moving so i get that momentum to go faster but you know when i finally did it it wasn't even my best run and i still beat it at about eight and a half minutes yeah. and i was i was like heck yeah there's no way i'm not number one on my friends list i'm a minute and a half under this thing yeah. lo and behold there's only two of us on my friends list that have actually completed this thing and they were they were ahead of me by 30 seconds and so I went back and I, you know, I, I saved the video of this run because I was like, I'm never doing it again. So I, I want to be able to watch it. And <laughs> yeah. and I went back through yeah, it and I over. and I saw, you know, I went back to see, like, where did I mess up? And like, I can't because I've done it so many times. I'm like, I would have had I would have been able to shave 40 seconds off of this run had it been my best run, like the runs that I had done before up to that point. And I'm like, I could do it. I could go back and I could beat him. I could be number one on my friends list. But no, I'm not. It, <laughs> it's it's never never have. touching it. Well, I'll when tell you, it's dangerous, man. I'll, I'll tell you those time challenges. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you this, Robert. If you if you ever get an Xbox, which I, do, you, do you have? Do you, you don't have a Series X or S, do you? Well, you no, can, I'm running a uh, Game Pass on PC. Okay. If you ever get one, you could actually go in and you could see where you rank with friends on every little bit of thing on every game. Like I could go in to see a yeah. thieves and go, okay, my friends list is from here to here and the top 10 people that have the most gold and you know, and you could, you could do all kinds of stuff on every game like that and go, you know, I could just, if I just get three more chests, I can be number two on that list. <laughs> I don't need it for I every game. Check. No, I, no, I but uh, you could, you could really, yeah, you could really go down a rabbit hole. It's like, if, if you're one of those super competitive, Oh, my friends list, I got to be number one. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. It, it was so funny. Cause like when I went through, like, the game's been out now for almost two years, right? So I was like going through, I was getting all these golds. I'm beating everyone on my friends list. I'm feeling really good about it. I'm like, no one's ever going to beat my scores. Nobody's going to go back and play this game. And all of a sudden, a new friend who just got a PS5 started playing this game. And of course, I, I get, I log in one day and I have like five notifications. It's like reclaim your, the top spot in Sackboy on this run. And I'm like, no, no, congratulations. Congratulations, Nathan! You did it. Yeah, not not you, Nathan, but the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Now, see that'll have is that one on is that one on the PS Extra PS Plus Extra is that game on the Extra or not? I was going to no, say, but it needs to be. Well, see, and that's what's going to happen when when you know if you got friends on your friends list and they're subscribed to that and, they, and that game hits, it's like all of a sudden this old game will come up new again. You know, uh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe if enough people knock me down, I'll go back and do it. But you know what? It's fine. Sometimes being it's... ahead of the curve is not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, I mean, that's there's there's so just... many of them. I got the gold and i'm like the gold is good enough for me but then it's like i could have done better you know i just don't feel like going back and doing it it's the you know that's the dangerous thing about time challenges because i remember especially when uh need for speed had uh, sorry need for speed the hot pursuit remaster had first Mm -hmm. come out on uh 360 i believe and uh or remake rather not the remaster but the remake and uh and man I made sure I was always trying to be top of the line for every race, every challenge that was on there. Is that um, one of the ones Criterion I, made? I can't remember. I think so. I forget because they made like I two of them, them at the time. Yeah. And I, I was thinking that was one of them, but I, I think so for sure. Yeah, I want to say yes. I want to oh, say because yes. I had that. Uh, mine would be like Burnout Paradise, where they had the road rules and you set times oh, on all the yeah. specific roads. Yep. And if you have like yep. your your in-game times, but then they had another separate thing you, you could change it to the online times. And yeah. so when I was playing that game on the 360, I was like trying yeah. to stay on top. And, and I you just can't. There's was, too many roads. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets crazy. That was that was me also with Burnout Three, um, because especially with like the crash the crash mode where you just try to get up as many points as possible. Like, I love that mode. So like, that, yeah. you know, I, you know, just seeing online times for that, it just like, it drove me crazy where I'm just like, no, I'm going to beat that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat that. I got you. I got you. I'm going to beat that. But some of them are just so ridiculous. You just have to, you just have to admit that, you know, some people are just, uh, not going to be better than you in certain circumstances. So I can't be the best at all of them. Or if you look globally, you're like, man, I really, really pushed it, and I barely got the, you know, I did it almost perfect run, and it was like, say, five minutes longer, whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, and I'll you look at the forget. leaderboard, and number one is like, they have to be cheating. Like, five seconds? No. That's not yeah, possible. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, right, is I remember when Resident Evil 5 first came out, and I stayed up from midnight to eight in the morning playing that game. We beat it. My friend and I, we played co-op. We beat it. And um, at the end... It, I think it was one of the first Resident Evils, if not the first Resident Evil, that actually showed um, like an online ranking of how fast mm-hmm. everyone beat the campaign. And we did it in just under, well, just on well, pretty much eight hours because it was from midnight to eight a.m. But um, but I remember just scrolling up, and we were like number, we were like a thousand out of like a million <laughs> ranks or something like that. And that to us was like number one, right? right. Globally, a thousand, we're a million people playing this day one. Like, that's awesome. That like, We were proud of that. But as we're scrolling up, we were like, hold on now. Top 10 people, a time of like 30 seconds? Stop. Stop. First of all, <laughs> that's not the menu alone. It, it, the loading screen already is 30 seconds. Stop. <laughs> you know? Like, and then you have yeah, a, a those, those global points. rankings, man. I mean, I, yeah. I just can't. When you look at those things, every single time, like the first thousand people are all somehow yeah. glitched through or right. something. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly yeah. how they did it. Usually. No moderation at all with those things, at yes. least back then. Like, there was no moderation. And that was Crichton that did the most wanted. Criterion, yeah. Or Criterion, yeah. I always say Crichton because I think of the movie. I think of... <laughs> I look at it and go, oh, Crichton films. No, wait, that's not right. That's Criterion. Sorry. (laughs) A24. Yeah. (laughs) 
But anyway, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I beat that, got the platinum, um, and then I started fiddling around with a couple uh, older RPGs. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back to play Final Fantasy X again. Um, maybe Final Fantasy XII, since I never beat that one. I got about 15, 20 minutes into both of them. wasn't really feeling it. Um, but then I saw through the PS Plus Extra, they are offering Dark Cloud, the PS4 version, um, which is just the PS2 version with trophies, um, up-resed you know, to 1080p, I think it was. And I've been going through and playing that. And this was a game that, you know, it came back in two thousand, came out in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and I remember being so stoked, so hyped for this game. Oh, finally, Sony's going to have you know a Zelda-like game, uh, and it came out. And I, re- I thought I remembered the reviews not being that great for it, but now that I went back and I, I looked them up again, that was all like mid eights. Yeah, I like, mean, it was. That's really. Yeah, pretty good. They weren't terrible. I mean, they weren't like awful re- reviews. Yeah, and, and I'm playing through it again, and, and I remember really liking it back in the day. But I really hated just you had to like micromanage everything. Oh, I get thirsty in the dungeon. I gotta drink water all the time. Oh, and my weapon is deteriorating with every swing. I gotta repair it, and uh, and I get hit. You know, all these things, and and the weapons break, and and you could spend you know twenty hours building up. A weapon, and then you forget to to repair it, and it's gone forever. Right. And I just remember I remember so many issues with it back in the day that I I never completed it. Um, so I've been going through it, and I've, I've been replaying it. And, you know, this game is it's really like the definition of the, the the sum is greater than the parts, right? Like the combat in this game is not great. I, I really wish there was some sort of like dodge button or jump back button. All you can do is strafe around the target um the the combat is really repetitive and boring you just you you can slash you can kind of move slowly to the side and there's like a charge move and that's about it um the dungeons are procedural so you know if you have to leave a dungeon and you go back in you'll now you have to kind of you know re-explore the whole whole floor again and so these dungeons aren't super long. You're going through them, you're collecting these orbs, and then you go and you have to, like, put these towns back together. And this is where it kind of gets kind of like Animal Crossing. You can put these houses anywhere you want. You, you get roads and trees and rivers and houses. And it was actually really, really cool. You know, for back in the day, I think it was called, like, Giorama or something. I think that was the system. Um, and this is from the Level 5 folks. So the guys who did, like, White Knight Chronicles and... Yeah. Rogue, uh, Rogue Galaxy. Rogue, uh, Rogue Galaxy. They did. Yeah. Um, oh, what was that one game, Dennis? I know you'll know it on 3DS. The well, Level Five is responsible for all the Layton games, and yeah, yeah, um, Professor Layton. Yeah, there was yeah, one. Nino and yeah. um, Yokai Watch also. Yeah. What was mm. the? There was one. It was. It was an oddball game. It was really good. It wasn't a farm thing. What was it? Oh, they got... did some of the more experimental ones on yeah, 3DS, if that's I've, the one you're talking about, like I've Attack got... of the Tokyo Monsters no, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, uh, I, I actually bought two copies of it because Nikki liked to play it so much. And Fantasy yeah. Life? Fantasy Life, that's it. Yeah, Fantasy, Fantasy Life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that game was great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it was... Uh, it was really hard to find because it wasn't a... I miss level five. Yeah, I do too. Me too, man. What There's... happened to them? They're still they around. Aren't they still around? All... They are, but they shuttered all their Western studios. So I don't expect anything localized from them for a long time, if ever again. 
So and that makes me really sad. Um, I've actually been since I've been playing it, I've been looking into all their stuff. I'm like, man, will I ever get a Dark Cloud three? Because I've been really enjoying myself. It's not a great game, like yeah, I was well, saying, but <laughs> probably. Um, but you know, they had started Dark Cloud three and then eventually got shelved, and it assets from it got turned into Rogue Galaxy, and that's about it. Um, but going back into it, so like the the Giorama aspect of it. it it's really cool, and there isn't that much like it, even today. Like When you put down these things, you can put them anywhere. You can rotate them. Um, but the coolest aspect is you have to get all the parts for, for all these buildings and all these, these structures. And once you get like the people that live in them, like, oh, Susie's house, you go talk to Susie, and you have to kind of like learn what else, like how does she want her house built? And so then you can go and find more parts for her house and expand it. And then there there is a feature where it's like, well, how should we build the town? And each person has like something that they want. Like, oh, I really want to be by the waterfall so that I can I can fish in the pond below. And and so and so doesn't want to be near the the sheriff because it's loud. And you have to try and find a way to like navigate putting all these these uh, structures where everyone wants it to hundred percent the town. Um, and it was like, something that uh, I never did Little back Wood. in the day. Have you ever heard of the game called Littlewood? I think uh, Dennis has no. played it. Yeah. yeah but it's it's not like yeah, the same kind of game, but it's like like a, you know, Stardew Valley or et cetera, that type of genre where you're building a village and there's a mechanic in there where there are people like, I want this kind of house or I want this, you know, type of mm. thing. I want it placed here. It has something similar. That's why I was yeah. mentioning it. No, I, I really like it. And it's, it's not super deep, just like the combat, right? It's not super deep. It's just enough. Uh, but, but then there's also the weapon system where, again, these things break all the time. But once you level them up to level five, you can then break them down into like a, a weapon sphere. And you can then add that weapons, a portion of that weapon stats to another weapon to boost it and upgrade it. And you can do this over and over again until eventually it has good enough stats that you can then transform your weapon into a completely different looking weapon. It's got different stats. It's got different attributes. It can hold more attachments. Um, and, and none of these things are super deep or, or groundbreaking, but when you put them together the way that they did, it's just enough that it's like, once I get tired of dungeon crawling, I get to leave and I get to build this this town. And once I get tired of that, I can go back and rework my weapons and then go back into another dungeon. And it's this really satisfying loop. Um, as long as you're not spending like, you know, eight hours a day playing it, it it's been a lot of fun for me. I've, I, I've been spending anywhere from like one to, you know, four or five hours with it and um, making some really good progress. I finally got just today, uh, further than I did back, you know, in 2001, 2002 when I was playing it, and I'm really looking forward to, to going through it and completing it, and I might I might platinum this one. It's not a real difficult platinum. Yeah. There's only like 28 or so trophies, so I might go ahead and do that. Anybody as long remember, as I don't miss anything. Everybody remember when they announced True Fantasy uh, online for the Xbox at level 5 was making, and they canceled it? Oh, man. Mm. I don't Oh really? Yeah, that was like two thousand three. It was on three sixty. It was 
it was going to be a big they were it was it was going to be a big online mmo like three thousand people on a, in the game yeah, at no. one time and yeah in 2003 yeah no 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 they, they canceled that they canceled that pretty quick around yeah, yeah i think it was 2005 i think it was it was yeah they had big ambitions for it i mean you could do it it would just be you know moving it three frames per second yeah oh yeah back yeah, then yeah. sure you know we all had fiber and you know, <laughs> <laughs> amazing internet everywhere in the world um <laughs> i'll be yeah. honest it exceeded my expectations i was only expecting two frames but we got three boys yeah we, got three. we did it we did we've it. made it that yeah, that third it. frame really brings the the running to <laughs> yeah. life that's right that fluidity <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not only does the leg go up and down, but you actually see the knee bend. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh right. man. Such oh, god. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> moving into modern times, the only other thing that I played recently was uh, Mortal Kombat 11, and um, this is another franchise I've had a ton of history with. It was my first, you know, fighting game ever on the Genesis, and uh, I follow it every every so often. And I've played through almost all the iterations, and uh, I don't know how this one got past me. I know that I was working, you know, retail at the time that it came out, and I I just didn't care, I guess, at the time. And now I got it for free through the the PlayStation Plus uh, extra tier. So uh, I went through that. It's about a four hour campaign. I I played through it. You know, in one sitting, it does a really good job of, of pushing you forward and not letting you pause or, or, or you know, stop and come back another day. And right. they never cease to amaze me how good they are at creating these these single player stories in, in fighting games. And the engine, you know, alone in this one really, really impressed me. It, it I, I mean, it just felt like I was watching a, you know, a pretty decent budget animated film. Uh, the acting wasn't the best, but it wasn't atrocious, and I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, it didn't come with the expansion, mm. and I'm not probably not going to spend any money on it, so I'll YouTube the rest of that story. Right. But yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, I really uh, I'm not liked... good enough at fighting games to keep it on my system. Yeah. But I'm not either. But I, I really enjoyed their what was uh, what was the DC ones they did the Injustice uh, games. Injustice games, Justice, both yeah. of them. Yeah, I loved Injustice. Were, yeah, the stories yeah. were really good in those. So. Yeah. They I, they've proven time and time again. I'm gonna keep coming back to you know whatever single player player story fighting experience they want to throw out there. Yeah, Injustice Two was is one of my favorite fighting games of all time because that story mode first of all blew me away, but just the fluidity of the combat. And as someone who, as much as I love fighting games, I've never been particularly good at them. Even though I do invest a lot of time in more arcadey fighting games like Smash Brothers, I'm I've been playing Smash Brothers since Nintendo 64, so I'm, I mean, it's part of my DNA at this point. But other more traditional 2D fighting games, like, like Injustice, like Street Fighter, like Tekken, stuff like that, um, I, I've never been particularly good been particularly good with. But, um, but Injustice 2, man, it, something about it clicked with me, and like the control schemes were fantastic, because never, I never felt... They do something a little bit different from Injustice, probably because it's DC and they want to make it, make it accessible to more people, but... It the control scheme in Injustice made more sense to me than say Mortal Kombat because I played Mortal Kombat 11 um, as well and I, I I agree 100% with everything you said Robert, um, but you know it is that typical thing of like 
man, it, some of these combos, dude, you know what I mean? You, you have to memorize a DNA sequence to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember playing through Injustice 2 and I remember getting way more angry at it than I did with Mortal really? Kombat 11. And I think that's just my history with Mortal Kombat. I'm like, all right, I, I have a few characters that like I'm comfortable with enough yeah. that I'm, I can pull off some some stupid stuff. Um, but when they switch around and they're like, okay, now you have to play as Devora. I'm like, who the F is Devora? They weren't in Mortal Kombat 1, 2, or 3. And right. I'm like, I don't have any idea what's going on here. But yeah, you throw me in there with Scorpion and, and Liu Kang and Sub-Zero. And I'm like, yeah, well, nobody's gonna, yeah, nobody in the story mode is going to go against me. Um, <laughs> but I see what you're saying. You're right. Injustice is definitely more accessible. Um, but I was used to the dial a combo, you know, from, yeah. from Mortal Kombat. So for me, it was... A change of pace and, and a little bit harder but yeah definitely yeah yeah uh but yeah injustice 2 just had that connection with me and i i it felt so satisfying just hitting both triggers at the same time to initiate your special um but yeah no i don't know everything just made sense to me with injustice but no i but obviously you know like you said it's going to vary from everyone's sort of fighting history right people are going to prefer certain uh, uh types of mechanics over others um but yeah, there's a certain control scheme that I just am more partial to, and Injustice just really nailed it on top of just having an incredible storyline with phenomenal graphics. I mean, my lord, still, that game came out in, what, 2015, 2016, I don't know, but like... I know a long time, game, yeah. Yeah, that game still looks better than most games today, like, my lord, my lord, yeah. and, and I maintain that game also in terms of lip-syncing. You could have that game on mute, and you could still tell what they're saying. I promise you. I promise you. Most <laughs> games, like... I was not impressed with the lip-syncing in 11. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, not sure. in 11, yeah. But in Injustice 2, like, I, it, which is weird, because it's still NetherRealm Studios. I don't know why they couldn't transfer that tech over. But... Um, well, I mean, they're but, saying things like, you know, Elseworld and, and all these yeah, other... Yeah, <laughs> by the Elder Gods. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, no. So, yeah. How am I supposed to lip-read that? <laughs> right like, things you wouldn't hear like uh, you know a friday afternoon at a bank <laughs> you know you're like, exactly yeah, right <laughs> or would you just going to the, the wrong bank national but uh but yeah no it's um but i, I think i played a, a god what was it um i played phantom phantom breaker i think is what it's called um a couple months ago i reviewed that game uh fighting game uh, that initially came out on the Vita, but then they remade it, I think, um, on the Switch and I think various other platforms as well. But man, I clicked with that game too, right? So, But that was a traditional 2D fighting game. So, um, And it did have combos as well, but these combos didn't exceed more than three inputs at a time. You know, it was more so just like, I know you should be able to initiate... You can have a deep fighting system without the need for me to, you know... There comes a point where you do look stupid. <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. when when everyone in Mortal Kombat, for example, wants to do their fatality, dude. How many times have you seen people, whether it's in esports or just in general on YouTube videos, they have to do they crouch like fifteen times before they, you know, and <laughs> they just look so stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, they look like they have the just Tourette's in place. You know, and they're just like, you know, they don't know what's going on. And it's they're like silently beatboxing before their fatality. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, look, can we just get to the point? There should be a special button. My bar is up. Please, just I can initiate it now. Let's just move forward with this, can we? All right, cool. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't remember if it was new to eleven or if they introduced this in in ten or 
10L, whatever that was. I don't remember. But uh, they had this thing where you could press R1, uh, you know, the shoulder button at a specific time during your combo to create a stronger version of that combo. And I was like, that sounds like a neat idea. But there's no way to know what the right time is. Because some of them you're supposed to press before it makes contact. And other ones, it's as it makes contact. And, yeah. I, and you, you know, in the story mode, you're switching characters every other fight. And I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing here. And I just get, I, I just, I'm just spamming my shoulder button, hoping that it, it connects at some point to, to get this extra damage in. But yeah, I, I think it, did, it didn't hit for me. Yeah, that lack of consistency can cause a lot of problems, right? And it's like, I, I, and I think that's why I like stuff like Smash Brothers and Phantom Breaker, like I mentioned, and, and even Injustice, because like, everyone technically had the same not moves but the same inputs right so if i do right a let's just say in smash brothers terms that's going to be a side special like a side smash right and no matter who you play they have a side smash right it's not like all of a sudden right a doesn't work for rosalina she has nothing there you know or like something like you know or versus something like scorpion where you know scorpion is going to have you know an up down you know b uh well that'll do something but sub-zero his up down b that just doesn't exist in his move set. So I appreciate yeah. consistency where I can input no matter who I'm playing the same move, um, you know, but still have something that is a signature move to them. You know, I just want inputs. Yeah. I just want consistency. That's all I ask for. Consistency. You know, hundred percent. So, yeah, you'll have a set of characters like you said where it's like, oh, I I just have to do back back and then one of the face buttons and I can do every move with this one but then you move on to the next character and it's like oh well they're down forward and a face button or or down yeah, up exactly. up down and i'm like uh, okay right. cool yeah i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you said right where it's like when you're in that story mode and they're throwing you from character to character there's that adjustment period you know but you're still expected to win that fight to move on to, to yeah. move on with the story right but it's exactly like, you know but it can become frustrating especially when you you know are getting your ass beat where because you know you don't know the characters but but you have but you're thrown in and it's like thrown right into the deep end it's just like all right yeah <laughs> you know that's uh... <laughs> it's like I, I just wiped the floor in the in the last match and now this one i can't even get a hit in because right. this person doesn't have a back back square you know <laughs> right and then there's, there's that part i swapped sides so that the directional is now the face buttons the face buttons do what the directional pad does God. That would really oh, throw God. you off. No, can you, can yeah. you just imagine, just like the people, like that part of Mortal Kombat 11. It's maybe like two or three hours in, but like where you're in that like Roman-looking arena, right? And it's just like the people in the stands just being like, "Yo, that dude's crazy!" And then like two seconds later, find the next guy. What happened? He was doing such a great job over there. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I was rooting for this guy. What happened? Now he's getting smacked. <laughs> what, what, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They, they did this, like, just the flow of the fights were a little bit off to me. So, like, you get through the first round, right? And in past games, it would reset. You'd go to your side, and then it would be, you know, fight again. But in this, for the second round, they don't do that. You just, like, stand up. And I can't tell you how... It was probably 90% of all of my matches. Whenever I got to the second round, I didn't know it was time to where I could actually fight. Because they don't say anything. There's no countdown. I just get smashed in the face because the, <laughs> the the computer knows, oh, I can fight now. And I'm like, but we didn't even go to our sides. Like, I just stood up and you're hitting me now. And right. Why? <laughs> you're changing the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do appreciate that fluidity and, and just keeping the pace going. But yeah, it can be a little disorienting for sure. 
That's all I got, guys. Oh, is that all you got? Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say about Mortal Kombat. All right. well, what Dennis, else is there? <laughs> Dennis, go ahead. Tell us what you uh, what you've been playing. All right, let me bring up my list here. All right, so um, oh, awesome, perfect. So yes, yeah, so uh, so definitely not a fighting game. More on the happier side of things. Um, instead, what we're fighting is puzzles instead of other people. Um, I started playing, uh, this was maybe about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, I, I booted up, because it was on Xbox Game Pass, and I, anybody who knows me loves, knows I love puzzles. Um, I booted up Escape Academy, right? And I love es- escape rooms in general, right? And uh, what really got me into them um, was the Zero Escape games. And uh, so, it, but still nothing to this day has come... Um, close to what those games bring in terms of um you know structure like narrative structure and just what you experience and just walk away with you know when you're finished with those games um, because they're mind-blowing with all their scientific uh implementation in, in in there as well um but uh but yeah i was in, a, in an escape room mood or just a puzzle mood really and uh booted up escape academy and got through the first level it was a lot of fun but i did then i realized that you know there was a co-op element to it i was like oh man this would be like really fun to play with somebody else so um i gave uh i got another controller for my girlfriend and then we played uh mm-hmm. together and we couldn't put it down we couldn't put it down i think maybe about or four to five hours later, um, which was surprising because I just kind of wanted to play maybe like an hour or two, but time just flew, and the next thing you know, you know, we beat it. I mean, <laughs> it was such a great time. But yeah, Escape Academy is just um, is a pure escape room game. It does have a story to it as well, but the story is kind of it, it, it's it's more so seasoning, you know, just to kind of help you know give more of a structure into why you're going from room to room. Um, however, it does. Um, elaborate on itself further um, um, as you get closer to the end. Because mm-hmm. as you get closer to the end, you kind of have this sort of portal-esque um, uh, uh, storyline where, you know, it's like, oh, you realize the school's being run by someone corrupt and then the person that helped you is actually going against you, you know, kind of like Gladys with the test subjects and stuff like that. Let's see how good you do. Oh, but, you know, we're going to try to, you know, kill you and, you know, coerce you into eating this cake, you know. <laughs> So or whatever. So, uh, but uh, but yeah. So it it was fantastic that all these escape rooms had such personality in them, and uh, everything had its own vibe, its own personality. You had a uh, a decent cast of characters. I don't want to say great, but a decent cast of characters. And uh, yeah, so you go to this well academy, uh, as you can imagine, and uh, you're recruited because. Uh, well, for story purposes, basically, and to figure out uh, certain certain escape rooms that they're trying to figure out that haven't been figured out before, and in doing so, you can uncover sort of the yeah, quote unquote corruption that's sort of going on. Maybe not the best word to use for it, but uh, but yeah, and uh, and yeah, you just you know, and as a real escape room would be, you're timed. It's not like zero escape; you can just take your time with it. Um, but yeah, you are timed, so some rooms can take as little as 10 minutes other ones will take as long as 45 minutes wow and uh they all vary in difficulty there's no real difficulty scaling um instead uh before you do a room it tells you how difficult it is which i appreciate because that's just like a real escape room where it's just you know you have sort of like you know beginner and intermediate and expert so on so um but yeah it was awesome just you know what a great experience just you know figuring out these puzzles together and just having just so much so much fun 
and uh, it, it's a fantastic co-op game. I mean, it, it, it's a, I can imagine it being a great game single player as well because it's definitely engaging. Um, but, you know, having two minds work together um, definitely made the experience a lot more seamless because, you know, some of these rooms, you know, and they're not always rooms in a traditional sense that they're, you know, indoors. You know, one of them was completely outdoors. You were just sort of in this sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, this sort of estate basically outside, as you were trying to you know put pieces together and whatnot. But, uh, but it makes things a little more seamless. Where it's like, okay, you go over there, you figure out what you can over there. I'll go over here. I'll figure out what I can over here. So, and yeah, just that collaboration and the ease of the controls because it's not complex at all. I mean, it really is just two controls. I mean, other than the movement. It's, you know, it's like A to pick up, you know, and then like, I don't know. Yeah, that might have been it, actually. <laughs> you know, that, uh, think about it. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, it was, oh, man, such a great, great experience. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's available on all platforms. Um, it is. Yeah, I was just looking through, it up. It's available through <clears throat> Xbox Game Pass. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, what a what a pleasant surprise. And, again, I can't stress enough. This is the great part about Xbox Game Pass, and and now what PlayStation's mm-hmm. introducing with their with their tiers, where you know it's, you'd be surprised. You know, I don't care that we're not getting a AAA game every month. That is irrelevant to me. I want fun games. I don't right. care what the size of this game is. You know, whether it's indie, AAA, double A. I don't care. I don't care. This game, as well as As Dusk Falls, which I'll talk about later on, is is were such pleasant surprises and I probably would have never touched them or even known about them, you know, had they not been on Xbox game pass, you'd be surprised, man. You know, these games, you know, Xbox game pass gives a great amount of exposure to games that otherwise wouldn't have had it, you know, and not because they don't deserve it, not because, you know, people aren't interested in them, but just because, you know, it, it, you know, how many games now come out every week? It's hard to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's that oversaturation of content from every angle, especially especially when you own multiple platforms and you play on multiple platforms. It can become overwhelming, so you really got to pick and choose. Escape Academy, I was in the mood for something puzzle, you know, puzzle-esque. I was looking through what I owned, I, you know, and I was pretty much either beat it or just wasn't really feeling with, it wasn't connecting with, it wasn't hitting... Um, what I wanted, you know, the, the in terms of checkboxes. So, looking through Xbox Game Pass, Escape Academy was there. I was like, oh, okay, all right, oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to, I want to do some escape room stuff. And then now, I mean, wow, what a fantastic experience! One of the best experiences I've had this year, personally. You know, and again, without Xbox Game Pass, that would have never happened. All right. You know, so. And you said I only have to press one button. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, Rob, like you and Michelle would have a fantastic time. That yeah, that, I I just like, sent it to her because we've been looking for some good co-op stuff, and that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, like I, I think you guys would have a, a really really great time with it. You guys get a lot of laughs out of it. You might face palm a bit, <laughs> you know, both of you just like <laughs> you know, because there were definitely moments, you know, where it's like you know, because some of these puzzles can get complex, man. So I mean, face palming for a variety of reasons, not because you're like you know, oh my god, you didn't see that, but also because of like. Oh, you know what? You know the time's running low. We can't figure this out. I think one of the closest 
we, I remember uh, one of the maps that had 30 minutes that we had to do, we beat it when we had 10 seconds left. Like, that was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> that was wild. But it was, it was again, such an awesome experience. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, Escape Academy. That's, that's, you know, I've been playing that. Um, uh, to move, uh, to move forward, um, uh, on the Switch, actually, I've been playing uh, uh, Hindsight. Beat that. That's the new game from uh, Annapurna uh, Interactive. Uh, I, we all know Annapurna here. We all yeah. love Annapurna here. Um, and uh, this is their new game to come out after uh, what released recently? Neon White and then Stray. Stray, of Stray, course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, Stray. How could you forget um, Stray? Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> eh, forgettable. Uh, it's just this game with like yeah, a cat in it. It's like yeah. every other game. There's yeah, nothing, it, you know, <laughs> nothing unique about it at all. The dedicated <laughs> meow button. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they just want to be cat quest. We've already got Call of Duty has a dedicated meow button at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fortnite. Fortnite has a meow button. If only it did, oh, man. Fortnite would be more likely to have one. Than yeah, they would, wouldn't they? Yeah. That seems like a weird thing. They have a whole weapon dedicated to it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, hindsight unfortunately fell a little bit under the radar just because the hype of Stray is still so high. Yeah. You know, and so many people are still talking about that and playing it. Annapurna is still just promoting the hell of it, and as they should. I mean, it's it's becoming just an absolute hit for them. Um, but uh, hindsight fell under the radar a little bit, and. Uh, um, but yeah, I played it, and it's it's. I, I will say right away, it's not going to be for everyone. But if you're into um, walking simulators and just very heavily emphasized um, narrative, uh, narratively driven games, um, I think you're really going to like what Hindsight offers because Hindsight is. Well, first of all, so you play as this protagonist. Her name is Mary, and she, uh, in the beginning of the game, gets a phone call about some tragic news, right? So you go home to where you grew up, and from there you're collecting these items. And through these items, um, they have memories attached to them. And uh, when I was speaking to the developers a couple of months ago, they referred to them as um, apertures. And... Uh, it, they represent them in a really unique way because this game does a really seamless and cool thing in which, you know how with the new Ratchet and Clank, how you can just open up those portals or, and just teleport into a whole new level mm -hmm. like that, you know, stuff like that. Um, you do something similar here in hindsight where if you take an object and turn it, it could look like a complete, you know, matte, you know, uh, uh, object, but then as you, as you tilt it, it can become a little bit translucent, and you start to see an image start to form. Now, once that image forms, once you get it in that perfect angle, you just zoom right into it, and then all of a sudden you're in this new scenario, right? And it's so seamless. There's never not a one loading screen throughout the entire experience, except for you know when you first boot up the game. And uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it just blew my mind because of it. And I played it on Switch. Ran great. Looked great. And it was a fantastic, like, really, really great story that really looked into the... It was very philosophical, right? So you're going to have a lot of, um, you know, questions about, you know, life and morality and the choices that we make and the importance of the choices that we make and stuff like that. It, it's very linear, though. So... Uh, you know, there's not much in terms of replay value. Um, at the end of each chapter, you can select a uh, piece of memorabilia, let's say, to take home with you because you only have a suitcase that can 
fits so much. But as you're going through each chapter and experiencing these various memories, you know, you have certain objects that, you know, hold sentimental value to you, um, but you can only take one at a time. So, you know, every time she takes one with her, she has a different piece of dialogue, but otherwise it, it's a fairly linear experience. It's really the only thing that's different. I think there's some artifacts or apertures rather that um in each particular level that aren't necessary that you can still look into so some people might miss those um but otherwise yeah it's just i mean it's a straight shot from beginning to end it's not particularly long i think it's maybe three to four hours um is roughly how long how long it took for me to um to beat it i almost beat it in one sitting um but uh but yeah no really well developed game um only made really by two people there was technically more but really just by two people and uh yeah it's a really i don't want to say heartfelt but it's a really touching story despite the uh you know the sport despite the sadness that it's inspired from um it can be touching and it can be um evocative so um but yeah, I mean another solid, you know, Annapurna game that uh, that they knocked out of the park. But so, but uh, but yeah, if you love walking simulators or just you know you're just looking to relax and just really play through a uh, story-driven game in its most purest form, um, then yeah, Hindsight's a, a great choice to jump into. So, um, so yeah, after that, uh, I've been playing uh, this one. I played on Xbox, and uh, so and. And I want to review this one. So this one is South of the Circle. Now, this one, speaking of narrative games, so this is a kind of a nice little segue into this. Uh, South of the, of the Circle is also a very, you know, narrative-driven game where, you know, you will be uh, going through uh, memories also, actually. And uh, But the art style is really, really cool um, with South of the Circle. It has this sort of low polygonal... Um, minimalistic uh art style t to it that really lends itself well to the ease of uh the uh or rather rather it lends itself well to the pacing of the game it doesn't try to overdo anything because and i think it's smart because it's a game with fantastic dialogue and the characters you really feel for and grow a connection to and because it's not super detailed, um, at least not in a traditional sense, like you mm. won't see like, you know, 4K textures or anything, you know, everything's very flat, almost like it's uh, like paper mache almost, if you will. But um, but it, I, it helps because I think you're able to focus more on the story and what's being said. You know, the visuals are appealing, um, but they don't take your attention away from what's really happening. Right. And uh, and yeah, and the voice acting is just incredible um, as well. Everyone feels authentic. Everyone feels uh, genuine. It does have motion capture uh, as well. And you can sort of feel through the actions that are being taken um, the authenticity uh, of, it, of it all. And yeah, it just feels like you're really getting the snapshot of someone's life you know despite being a you know completely fiction um you know in a game at that it's 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 just really really well put together and it, it's honestly blown me away and i i think it's been one of the best uh you know choose your own adventure type games that i've played in quite a long time 
And I, another thing to commend them on is they have a wonderful way of presenting, uh, you know, how you want to respond. Because it's not your typical response system that you would see in a Telltale game or in a supermassive game, right? Because this isn't necessarily done through dialogue, it's done through emotion. Mm -hmm. And through that emotion, then a piece of dialogue will be represented. So you typically have three different sets of emotions, we'll call them. You have, uh, and these are represented or conveyed through uh, shapes. So you have a circle, you have a rectangle, and you have a triangle. Now let's say triangle would be, uh, you know, uh, a, you know, you're like you're nervous or you're shy or you're, you know, concerned. Uh, rectangle will be more authoritative, you know, or stern or serious, you know, and then circle would be more relaxed, you know, more uh, sarcastic, you know, so, and each of those represents a variety of emotions that are similar to each other, like I said, and by choosing one of the shapes, because, you know, you're not going to get like, you know, a couple of sentences to choose from, you just get shapes, and you choose a shape, and then they respond with you know a you know a corresponding emotion you know under that under that symbol basically so uh it, it's it's really clever and really unique and, and helps with the minimalistic um uh, art art direction that it has and uh again it's it's interesting too because i think when you have that emotional response you're not thinking too much about um you know what to say to someone you're thinking more on the lines of how to say something to someone, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I, I appreciate that. And it, and it gives, uh, you know, much more, a much more, uh, just much more depth to the dynamics of what can happen within, you know, a narrative structure that can go any which way, right? Because there are multiple paths as well, as you would expect. So it's really, really well done. And uh, honestly, like it's again, if you love um, choose your own adventure games um, and, and, and games that are, are heavily, um, you know, st story driven like like this, uh, please do yourself a favor and, and, and play. I don't believe it's on Xbox Game Pass. Um, this is technically my review because I got sent a review code for it. Um, but uh, but it, it's it's absolutely worth the price because um, I don't think it's too much. I can't imagine it's more than 20, 25 bucks. Um, and it is available on all platforms. So, you know, if you want to get it on Switch, Xbox, PC, PS4, whatever, um, by all means. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll have a, a really, really great time with it. It's really intelligent. Really, really intelligent. And, again, I think the most important part is the fact that it feels genuine. And I think that is largely due to the fact that the writing is just very, very good. Like, very good. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it, it, the the pacing can be a bit a bit off at times. There are times where I'm just like, man, can we just you know move this along? But overall, really really solid game, really really solid experience, and uh, one worth checking out again if you love uh, you know choose your own adventure games for sure. Um, but yeah, so in addition to that, something a little less relaxing. Well, no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it can be relaxing, I guess. But uh, been playing uh, Digimon Survive on the Nintendo Switch, and uh, this game finally came out. Finally came out after what four years? It was supposed to come out in 
either 2019 or 2020 got delayed at least 18 yeah. different times. I completely forgot about it until yeah, a, yeah. a buddy well, messaged me. Did you know this was out? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is weird because, like, you know, this is a game that was hyped up and then Bandai just kind of, like, they made it seem like they abandoned it for a little bit. Everybody was worried, like, oh, my God, where'd this game? Because they were so quiet for a long time. And then not only that, but review codes actually didn't go out until the game came out, which is, like, that's a big no-no for a game, for a big RPG like this. Because mm. then that tells me when you're, especially when you're a AAA uh, publisher and studio. Unless you're, you're Bethesda. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those bugs, man. They got to clean those out first. Uh, <laughs> but um, but you know, it, it, it's usually it's more like ninety nine percent of the time it is it is very scary, right? Because those games typically aren't received well. It's like ooh, they're probably holding off because they don't want reviews to come out early, right. people to see how bad it is, and then they'll lose sales on it, right? They want to at least sell a couple copies before the reviews come out, <laughs> you know? So uh, didn't they just but, embargo uh, it? You know, <laughs> at uh, least yeah. at least then you're you, at least people had a chance to play it. Right, right. At least, yeah. But I guess even then they don't want any leaks or something like that. But I mean, I it's, I don't know. It's whatever. But uh, but. It, this was a surprise because you know this game is like great like it's it's really really great it's one of the best digimon games i think ever made honestly not better than cybersuit cybersuit is still on a whole other level you know but these are also very different games because we're talking cybersuit is more of a jrpg digimon survive is more on the lines of games like um uh, uh kind of it was mess up the pronunciation but um utawaderumoto which if you haven't played that um it's originally on vita and then came to PS4, and we reviewed it a long time ago. It was actually one of the first reviews I did on the Gamers Lounge, actually. And um, I fell in love with the game. I'd never heard of the game before until it was offered to us, and then John sent it my way, and I reviewed it, and I fell in love with it. It is um, a great hybrid of visual novel and uh, strategy RPG, which is what Digimon Survive is. Um, but much like Utawara Rumono, they take a big emphasis on the visual novel portions, um, over the strategy RPG gameplay portions. So you won't be out doing battles as much as you think you will be. It's going to be, you know, I would say, you know, let's say for the sake of easy math, let's just say 60-40, right? So 60% visual novel, 40% strategy RPG. Um, but it works. It works really well because Digimon Survive has such a great story to it so far that is... Um, it's engaging, and because it is a unique story and a and an original story, you don't need, you know, to have really any prior history at all with Digimon. So long as you have like some sort of interest in it, you're gonna have a great time with it. Because there's a whole new cast of characters. You know, you're gonna see the same Digimon, obviously, but other than that's that's it. You know, that's it. Everything else is brand new. Um, you know, it's a perfect jumping off point if you want to get into the series if you haven't before or if you've always been interested but didn't know where to begin. Um, it's it's great for that. And because of the, you know, uh, dark tones that the story has, um, you know, it just seems a lot more uh, appealing because of it, because it's not doing the typical thing of... It's not being dark for the sake of being dark, and it's respectful towards the narrative structure of how dark tones should be um, on display. You know, and it, 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 because of that, it, it makes it um, emotional in a lot of ways. And uh, but it also does a very good job at making things uh, captivating as well, captivating um, as well as just immersive. So uh, the actual uh, battling portions of it, when you're not in the visual novel segments 
are really really good they uh you know they have the core foundation of what would make a strategy rpg strategy rpg like you're gonna have your tiles and you're gonna move and you know it's gonna be more more often than not turn-based um but you know it still they've added layers of depth to it that gives it that that digimon signature uh, that still makes it feel uh, unique and in a sort of league of its own. So uh, it 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 does it very very well. But it's interesting because this is one of the few games where, like, even though I'm I, I mean I love visual novels. Anyone who knows me knows I love visual novels. Um, but with something like Utawareru Mono, that game, even though it had a great story, it really shined the most in its RPG battles, and I wish there were more of it, but you would go literally three to four hours before you'd get into another battle. Like, it was ridiculous, you know? And, uh, but in the case of Digimon, it's pretty well balanced. You'd still go a long time in the visual novel segments, but I actually love the visual novel segments because they don't do it in a linear, kinetic fashion um, like a traditional visual novel would be. Uh, the animations and the transitioning from sequence to sequence is incredible. It reminds me a lot of um, uh, X-Blaze. I don't know if you guys remember, or X-Blaze, mm-hmm. maybe it might have been called Cross-Blaze, but um, it was a visual novel based off of Blaze Blue that was released on the Vita. And, uh, man, the sequencing and the animation in that is fantastic because it's not your typical, you know, here's a static image or illustration of, you know, a character that's speaking right like there was so much more to it there was it was like watching an anime right it was awesome and this is very much along those lines and the illustrations are just fantastic they're just striking and uh and even when you're not in those visual novel segments even outside of the strategy rpg elements you can uh move around uh not like you know, freely, but you have a cursor that's sort of in a point-and-click fashion, something similar to a Famicom Detective Club or Ace Attorney, games like that. And you just kind of, you know, select things in the environment, objects of interest, things like that to get more information on them. And, you know, you build bonds and affinities with both your Digimon and uh, the other characters, and these can influence where the path of the story goes. There's multiple endings. Um, it's it's a fairly meaty game, and we're talking 30 to 40 hours. Mm. Um but uh, but man, I mean, it is it is. I'm just glad it exceeded my expectations because even though I was excited for it at first, because of the constant delays and because of the lack of news and them being so quiet about it, you know, your hype tends to go down and you start to worry a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But thankfully, it's not only met but exceeded my expectations um, a lot, and it's been such a such a great time. And for fans of Digimon, I mean, you're gonna love this. Um, I know visual novels aren't everyone's cup of tea but if you can keep an open mind um i think there's a lot here to really appreciate and enjoy um and if you love visual novels then man you're gonna have the time of your life with it. <laughs> so it's it's really really great uh but uh but yeah so moving on um i've also been playing uh and i beat uh the back rooms lost and found uh this was a free game i think on pc um now the back rooms for no one for those who are uh aren't familiar it's this weird sort of creepypasta thing that there was a picture that went up like years and years and years ago of someone who, yeah, they just took a picture. It could have been a carpenter or something like that. They took a picture of this building. It looked like an abandoned building, but I think they were just like doing some remodeling. And it was just this, it just looked so desolate and soulless. It was just literally just one room. If you just type in backrooms picture on Google, you'll see it. 
it's just this soulless room of of just like and it looks like a maze almost and it's just with this weird wallpaper yellow wallpaper and it just goes on for like ever and people have taken that and just blown it up into just a multitude of things and uh, all within the horror genre obviously mm-hmm. um it's hard they, to find a trailer some... for the game because every time i googled it it would bring up all the other stuff it was like yeah there's so much i ended stuff, up yeah. falling down a rabbit hole just trying to find the trailer for it it was like yeah. it was crazy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah. It's it's an insane amount of stuff, and this is just one of many and many more to come. If you go on Steam and type in backrooms, there's so much stuff that says coming soon. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but honestly, like I'm for it though because it, it's such you can do so much with so little, and I think that sparks so much creativity and makes it exciting to see what the next developer is going to do with that idea, right? It's this thing that has infinite possibilities, really, you know, that you can span into just really just any multitude of things. It's, it's awesome to see. But in this particular case, Lost and Found, you go through the back rooms, and then it eventually just warps into this sort of um, almost Slenderman-esque uh, gameplay loop, right, of like, well, not loop because it does end, but, you know, you do have to find a certain number of things and because you're going through these mazes, I mean, my lord, it, it, it takes a while. But even so, it wasn't too long of a game. I think my final time was around 55 minutes when I, when I beat it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too long of a game, um, which, which I'm, I'm glad it wasn't because, you know, when you do get closer to the end, it starts to overstay its welcome a little bit. Because you can only, I mean, after a while going through those mazes, it gets annoying. <laughs> you know, you start going in loops, start going in circles. Everything looks the same. It gets ridiculous. But uh, it, uh, it, you know... It only had a few jump scares, and instead it relied heavily on the atmosphere, really providing that sense of dread and uncertainty, and it did it really, really well. And for a game that was free, I mean, man, like I, I would have happily paid for that game, honestly. Like, that, that game would have been a, a game that, that absolutely is worth a price tag. I mean, I wouldn't say more than... I think 10 bucks would be pushing it. I, I'd say a solid $5, six ninety nine, six ninety nine. honestly, perfect. Six ninety nine. That's a good place. So, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, it's it you know it's free. So check it out if you're interested. In it. Again, it's not long, um, but yeah, there's so many of these backrooms things now. Uh, they, you know, fan made you know films even, and uh, uh, you know stories, short stories, and and games of course i mean it's it's gotten so out of hand but i love it i love it i'm just super interested in it because I, again I, it's like it's like you're exploring into the unknown and how it shifts and turns into god knows what you know you never know what's around the corner and uh, even though it all looks the same but when it starts to actually change that almost becomes unsettling that's that you would think that'd be exciting because you're like you're like oh my god finally something new but now now it's like oh no no this is you know, it's almost like Silent Hill, right? Where it's like everything's, right. you know, foggy at first, but then there's also the flip side, which isn't even any better. Everything gets rusty and, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's still creepy, if not creepier. And then, you know, you're just like, you know, you hear the, the uh, you know, the siren go off and, and, you know, you're just like, oh my God, like you were already scared. Now you're more scared. And then when the siren goes off again, now you're going to be more scared going back into the foggy world. Like there's no <laughs> sense of safety, you know? So it's... uh yeah, but it's it's you know for something that's free, I had a really good time with it, and yeah, um, yeah it was a fun, fun little game. Cool. Um, going back on the narrative stuff, um, I finally beat uh, As Dusk Falls. Um, I don't know, I don't know if Nathaniel, did you end up beating this or no? 
Oh, I've only I hadn't played it since last time, so I still only did like the two chapters of that, and I, oh, okay. I just haven't been on my Xbox, so I haven't you know booted up again. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, it was a really, really great game. I mean, basically, you know, just to kind of echo what Nathaniel said last time, I think, you know, the story is really, really well done. Like, really well done. I, I think, you know, when the trailer came out, it didn't do it any favors. You know, it was negatively received. And, um, you know, even I was like, oh, I don't know. But I don't know, I was just in the mood for something story related. And then especially, you know, when I started hearing things little by little of people, you know, on Twitter just being like, look, don't sleep on As Dusk Falls, man. The story here is actually like really, really good. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll try it. Let me, let me put my, my feelings about the art direction aside for a second. Let me just play the game. Because, I mean, you know, if it's a great story, great. You know, if it's a great game, awesome. You know, I mean, who cares how it looks? So, um, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad, I'm glad I took the jump because, man, like, it was a fantastic story that um, has so many routes. My lord! Like every time you beat a, a chapter or a, or a book, um, it's it shows you all the routes you can take. And like my lord, I don't even I don't even want to think about getting the the platinum for that because I think that's that's too much replay for me. <laughs> but you know, like I I like out two three routes at most. But As Dusk Falls, man, had like. Honestly, though, it looks more complicated than I think it actually is. I think it's what it does. Instead of having, it's kind of got almost like a main through line where you're going to start here and you're going to end here. Yeah. And then you have like a spot where you have kind of like two paths, but then reconverge and then like they have a thing. So it kind of like has little branches, but it doesn't have like big major things that are going to be different with it, at least yeah. from what it looks like. It's like, okay, what flavor of story you're going to have from getting you from here to here? might be a little bit different but you'll still end up going here you're not going to suddenly be like hey i'm on the moon you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not that different it's just how you get there is a different thing but you're still kind of going into the same sort of uh places it kind of funnels you back in every once in a while right okay well i mean it was so overwhelming to look at that i was like no i'm, I'm good like just this is a one and done for me <laughs> so um but uh, but yeah no I I had a, I had a really really great time with it um, when the credits rolled for the last time you're gonna see credits a couple times in, the, in that game <laughs> um, but uh, when they finally could Jima make that game yeah. I, I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when they finally rolled for the uh, for the last time it again I'm not gonna spoil it but. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't a bad ending like it was actually a really good ending but the fact that it ended where it ended like you gotta give me DLC or something like something you know what I mean like and, and you'll see what I mean once you beat it you know Nathaniel or anyone else who's you know who's listening um, who's interested in the game like it a fantastic story through and through but the way it ends at least the ending that I got I, I think there was like three technically three or four different endings but um now everything leading up to those endings can change in every in a variety of ways, but but in terms of ending endings, there was maybe like two or three different ones, maybe maybe four. I don't know. I have to look uh, check again. But um, but man, like, nah, you can't end it like that, <laughs> especially with that with as as good as that story was. Nope, nope. They better be working on an expansion or a DLC or something. I don't. 
I'm not talking as dusk falls too. I'm talking like no, you you you. There's something you're not telling me. You, there's more to this, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, but you'll see what I mean once you once you get there. But, as uh, dusk but, yeah. falls, the ending for real this time. We promise DLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so. Like my lord, it's it's. Uh... But yeah, overall, really really great game. Very very gripping. Very gripping. Like wow. Like I'm 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 glad I, I you know, I took a dive and. Um, and just went through with it because, you know, really one of the best stories I've experienced in quite some time. Yeah. I also so. think it looks really good. It I don't look, think it's it actually, just like the trailers make it look more bland than it actually is when you're yeah. playing it. Yeah, yeah. Once you actually see it in motion, um, it, it's it's a lot more uh, uh, fluid than you would think for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but uh, but yeah. And then speaking of again, more uh, since I've been on such a narrative kick lately, um, I also finally beat Road ninety six. Um, <laughs> I talked about that a couple of podcasts ago, but um, I, I booted that up again uh, the other day, and I finally beat it. And yeah, it's also another great game. Um, it uh, I, I didn't realize I because I, I didn't mean to, but I almost had all the achievements after I got finished. I think I was just missing one, and it was such a stupid thing too. Of like in the beginning of episode one, it was like, yeah, when you're at the camp, just blow out the fire. <laughs> I was like, okay. That was it. You get an achievement for that. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. So now I, you know, I got a thousand out of a thousand, so I'm I'm happy with that. But really, really neat game, and the way it tells its story through a variety of perspectives and uh, indirectly through a bunch of different characters as well. Because I think you have about eight different characters um, that have their own stories that you experience through meeting them indirectly from episode to episode but also playing as these anonymous teens from episode to episode that um, are all trying to escape the country because it's a very you know war-torn uh country that um you know has has a very corrupt government so uh so yeah and then as you play through the game your responses to certain people will um dictate you know, who they vote for also, you know, whether they're going to be, you know, on the side of the corrupt politician, on the side of the person that's hoping to, you know, be a new face for a new future, or the third option, which is more like neutral. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, super, you know, I'm not going to talk too long about it, but it was super interesting game. Great to check out. Also on Xbox Game Pass, just like As Dusk Falls is, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely worth worth a play you know if you want to experience a new type of uh, uh i don't even know if i'd want to call it a choose your own adventure game i guess technically it could fall into that category but um it, it was just so unique i've never played anything like it and um all the environments that you experience and the stories that you experience uh you know from character to character are just really really well done and some are really funny some are really sad some are exciting, some are thrilling. You know, you have like you know car chases and things like that too. It gets it gets crazy, um, but yeah, super super interesting um, how the gameplay loop of that works. Uh, but yeah, Road ninety six, go go check that out. Everything takes place in nineteen ninety six, and uh, so you know if you grew up in the nineties, you might you know notice a couple things. <laughs> so they they kind of they, they did a very good job with sort of uh, recreating that feeling. Uh, of the of the 90s so right. um but uh but yeah uh onwards from that um i finally beat live alive so i beat it uh you know i talked about it last time but man what a fantastic game i think this is one of my new favorite rpgs of all time mm. all time 
Like, man, I and it, it's crazy that this game initially came out in 1994, I think? Something like on that. The Super Nintendo? Four or five, yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, around there. And, uh, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look, better late than never, right? Because we got this beautiful remake um, well over, you know, 20 years later. Well, over 25 years later, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, and wow, what a game. Yeah, there's a, a reason I mean, why just... fans translated that game in ROM in their own ROMs you know, and yeah. Played, yeah, Um all the different experiences, you know, from story to story are great. I mean, they can range anywhere from thirty minutes, yes, thirty minutes, all the way up to you know, which where they averaged about four to five hours. I want to say four hours is where they usually average. The longest I played was probably five hours. But yeah, three and a half to four hours is roughly how much each lasted there was really only one that lasted only 30 minutes to an hour and uh and that was the present day one because that one you're just going through like a street fighter type thing where you're just fighting multiple people and yeah you can finish that real quick um so but uh but yeah i mean i guess even though i technically beat it i haven't 100 percented it yet because when you beat it it unlocks two extra chapters actually I, I didn't realize that was a thing, <laughs> you know? I was like, oh my God, okay, I beat it. This is the last chapter, awesome. And it did the whole credits that it would do. Thank you for playing Live Alive, all that. And then right when the credits stopped and it took me back to the main menu, it's like, hey, two more chapters have been unlocked. I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so so I am still playing through it. Um, one of them is a medieval one. I forgot what the other one is. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's, again, one of my favorite RPGs ever now of all time. And uh, each story was just so well made, and I want more games like this. I want because yeah. it's much more palatable, and having that uh, that consistency of systems and within the same engine, because everyone's menu looked the same. The only real difference was the uh, art style from game from story to story, and of course the stories within each chapter, right? So, um, but otherwise, the battle mechanics were the same. The um, user interface was the same, so you had that familiarity going from you know story to story rather than having to learn everything new all over again. And I want more teams like this. I think this yeah. is fantastic. This is brilliant. Compiling these nice, palatable RPGs um, that are on the shorter side of things that get rid of all the bloat and just give you a pure, great RPG experience that gives you everything you ever want from a, an RPG without, again, all the overly complex uh, mechanics that are just there out of, you know, t- just because they can, not because they should, you know? Right. It, um, so, but great compilation of games um, and stories from just a variety of minds that are in there. And yeah, Live Alive is, is brilliant. I think it's one of the best things Square Enix has put out. Um, in a very long time, that HD 2D engine, man, is just so mm-hmm. good. It's got to be one of my favorite engines. It's got to be. Like, top three. Easy, right now. Like, it's such a wonderful engine, and I can't wait to see what else they do in the future with it. I'm excited for that Dragon Quest remake that they do in that engine, because that's yeah. that's going to be, well, chef's kiss for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah. And lastly, um, also on the Switch... Uh, I've been playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I, w- I was hoping to beat 2 before 3 came out, but yeah, we all know how that goes with Xenoblade. Yeah. <laughs> Xenoblade, <laughs> they're, they're very big games. So, uh, But uh, but yeah, no, it's brilliant so far. I'm, I'm already me- immediately liking it more than, than 2. And not, not just because it has that, you know, that, you know, that fresh carpet smell, that new carpet smell, you know, but it's got that 
it's just everything about it is just so it's overhauled for the better it's it's still very much inherently xenoblade in terms of the battle mechanics and stuff like that but everything from the user interface to the um, intuitiveness of it and the ergonomics and everything is just everything just makes sense and um, do i need to have with, played the other two no 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 they're, they're they're very much just like final fantasy where each one you can jump in and whatever oh, okay um yeah so even though even though they did say that this is sort of the end of the trilogy but they have no real relation i think maybe yeah. just the universe that they're in i think they all share the same sort of world and universe because they do have a similar environment from each one um but otherwise yeah no you can jump into whichever one you want whether it's the you can go from three to one to two if you want. That'd be fine. Yeah, um, or even Torna. So, uh, but yeah, no, this is just such a fantastic game. I'm, I'm still playing through it. Obviously, I mean, it just came out, but um, such a great experience. Beautiful world, great cast of characters. The the voice acting is so much better mm. in this game than it was in two because everyone sounded so bored and tired in two. You know, it wasn't yeah. necessarily like bad voice acting it just felt unenthused right like it was just like they had to do it very quickly and then they probably didn't even go into the studio they probably just did it in their closet you know they were just like, just like oh pyra like, no yeah <laughs> you know oh no you know that's, that's just what it was you know but this one actually has like emotion to it and yeah. the music oh oh the music well, of course composed by yoko shimamura you know uh, she's a brilliant um composer so so of course i mean you know it, it's of course the music's going to be good. You know, you see her her name attached to anything. You're you're in for a great time. Or by the way, she also composed Live Alive. So that's why Live Alive has a phenomenal soundtrack yeah. as well. So, um but uh but yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, man. I mean, what, you know, it's it's it, it's hard to find the word the words for what to say because it's so vast in scope, you know, but if you want if 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 it's been a while since you've played a massive JRPG. Um, now, I wouldn't recommend it to Nathaniel because I know he's playing Tales of Arise. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just started that one. I'll keep uh, Xenoblade Chronicles okay. Three in the back burner, maybe. Also, because it's okay. on Switch, it'll be like a very big. Just like I would not feel good about it going from that on PC yeah. to a Xenoblade on yeah. the Switch would just be like, whoa, whiplash. Right. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> it's right, like, right. what's this resolution and frame rate? Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which also, by the <laughs> way, that's also better than it was in two. Um, the handheld that's good because two is, is yeah. just not good. Because I played it right when that one came out, and yeah. it was not good right when it came out. So the fact yeah. that three is running good out of the gate is a good thing. Yeah, running good, looking great. Also, um, you, you still notice a bit of a resolution drop, but not anywhere near as egregious as it was with Xenoblade Two. Because Xenoblade Two, I mean, you saw it got to a point, especially in those bigger areas, pixels. I was yeah. on the screen; I could count every pixel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With I mean, Xenoblade it's probably Arms. because hey, we did two, then we improved on two, and then we saw what we did wrong, and then we fixed it for three. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely. I'm assuming a lot it's of the same engine and all that, so they're just more yeah. experienced with it, Looks so like they can it. polish it better this time. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but um, the the game on TV runs great, looks great. Um, it scales really well, whether you're playing on a 4K TV or just a 1440p uh, uh, TV. So um, it scales really, really well. Um, but yeah, handheld mode, which I think was the most concerning part for people for a while, um, thankfully looks and runs great. So uh, 
So yeah, all those worries right out the window. Um, it, it is just a great experience through and through. And man, those cinematics, man, they're they're, oh, they're so good. Some of the best cinematics I've seen in a while uh, for for a JRPG. They they really went all out for this, and especially the quick turnaround rate for this. Mm -hmm. um, just because you know these games are not. I mean, Xenoblade games of this scale are not easy to make, yeah. and um, they take a long, long time. You know, so uh, well, we've gotten two but, Xenoblade uh, games closer together than we did. One and two took longer to get. You know, the years right. in between were longer than this, and yeah, I guess because it's on the same engine, yeah, you just rip, 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 probably know. easier to build for. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. they don't have to develop the engine quite as much. Right. Yeah. They have the base; yeah. they can definitely cut do some improvements. Enough. But you're not starting yeah. from scratch, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, incredible game. Um, anyone who's looking for that next big JRPG experience right now, look no further than Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Incredible. Yeah. So, it'll be on my list to pick up at some point. I don't know why. I probably will never play. <laughs> you got the collector's edition. <laughs> Uh, not on that one, no, because those. you had to get oh, okay. it from Nintendo, so I never got oh, a chance right. to get the it. The website so. was always down. Yeah, the website was always down, so I just gave yeah. up. I have all the other collector's editions, but that one, but whatever. Yeah. It'll be, <laughs> be fine. I'll just have a big empty thing on the shelf for it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It won't bug just, me at all. It won't bug just me take at all. A, just take a piece of cardboard and just <laughs> place it where you would place It'll, your collector's edition for Xenoblade Chronicles and just put in big markers, you know, Chronicles 3 pending. It'll be right there with my placeholder. Uh, it'll be right there with my what was that? Arkham City collector's edition. I remember I had that thing oh, pre-ordered. Yeah. had the, st the statue and everything and then all of a sudden it just got, they, nah, we're not doing that. It's like... <laughs> Oh no, that oh, was Arkham Knight, wasn't it? That yeah, that was Batman. that was the, yeah, like, the Arkham Knight. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm still bitter about that. Yeah, one. yeah. I am too. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'm still bitter about that one. That too. was crazy. That was a mess. When that whole thing happened, it, that was a mess. It, yeah. They they told retailers what like two weeks before it came out. Yeah. Like it was uh, awful. Oh yeah, I was. Were we so, working? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was yeah. still working at GameStop. Yeah. Um, I, no, I was at I was at my old store. Um, okay, on Capitol. Okay. Yeah, I was. man, I was angry. I was so mad. But, oh well. What a time. What a yeah, time. what a time. <laughs> now, you know, and back then it was like, oh, I think it was like $200. It's like, man, that's crazy spending on collectors. Now every collector's edition is $200. It comes with less stuff. I, th I think that one was $300. Because I remember when, when we canceled it, I was really upset because I couldn't transfer it over to the limited edition just to get the statue because those yeah. were you know sold out for you know years at that point. Yeah. So I ended up putting that money towards the special... Uh, Batman PS4 that was coming out, but gotcha. I never ended up getting that either because yeah. I didn't need another PS4. Yeah, because that's what ticked me off. I had that on pre-order, and then it was like, well, you canceled that, but I couldn't get the limited because yeah. they were already sold out a long time ago. It was like, so I just had to settle for the regular $60 box copy. And... I, I ended up finding another uh, GameStop that had an extra of the Xbox version of the limited edition. Yeah. So I bought it immediately, traded in the game, and I was like, "All right, cool. I guess I paid sixty bucks for the statue that lights up. Yeah. I'm okay with that." Yeah. Still. You know, it's funny. I did that for Darksiders Three because I really wanted that uh, Fury statue. Yeah. <laughs> so I found nice. that really, really cheap, and I was like, "I'll just do it for the statue, man." Because yeah. I mean, the game I already had at that point, but still, yeah. I wanted that statue. Yeah. Beautiful statue. I wanted that Arkham statue just because I had the. Arkham Origins one with the Joker with all the TVs that light up behind it. it was oh, like, yeah. I wanted oh, that to go with it. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. nope. Oh. 
And then I just stopped buying collector's editions um, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I, if they're under $100, I'll buy them. But if they're over $100, yeah. forget it. Well, I'm not doing it. Speaking of, you know, not, not to get too sidetracked, but speaking of, I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, it's a weird collector's edition, but it's only 90 bucks. But like the Devil Inside, that new Dark Pictures mm-hmm. game, the collector's edition for that is only 90 bucks, and it comes with... I mean, I don't even know how many how many things, but it, the 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 main star of the show, that thing is like this huge. I think it's an, an animatronic too, but like a huge bust. That's like an animatronic of like this weird looking dude that looks like New Fifty Two Joker. You know, with the face peeled yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like how would they make them that so cheap? If it was anybody else, it'd be like three hundred dollars or more. It's like yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because the game itself, I think, will be minimum forty bucks. I don't think they'll make a sixty, but forty for the game. And then, you know, tack on an additional 40 or 50 for everything else. I mean, that's surprising how things considered because, you know, like yeah. you said, everything's on 200, 250 Yeah, and, or they're $250 and they don't come up with a copy of the game, even a digital copy of the game. Some of oh them just God. come with stuff. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that's not the news story this week. No, no. <laughs> I just, like, you know, I hate it when collector's editions are like $250, come with all the stuff, come with a steel box for the game, but don't come with a copy of the game. It's a digital copy of the game. It's like. Like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? To do something. You're God like of that. War. Like, that's who you are. That's the latest victim. The God. Yeah, you're God of War. No. And people no, see, will buy a seventy dollar game just to pop it into that case on top of the two hundred or three hundred dollars they paid for the collector's edition. What's I don't another? even like steelbook cases. They don't look good on the shelf with my other games. With where they all got that same like line across it with the uh, PS5 so, on it or whatever well, console you see, have. I, and I nope, keep, nope. You put that steel box in there. It's a different size. I, is it? No. I keep mine on yeah. the other <laughs> end now that they're all the they're yeah they're so you got no. But then you got to alphabetize the the normal games uh, and then the steelbook games for oh, each you know, console. That's Oh, yeah. I put my steel books in a whole separate section. Yeah, I do too. My steel books. <laughs> this, this is why I'm 90 percent digital now. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, that's me. Now I just try to make sure the icons look nice. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So. I remember, you know, back back in the the PS2 days when uh, the greatest hits were a big deal. You know, they had the the red logos on there. Mm-hmm. I was not having it with these red logos. So I would I would go online and I there was this website you could go to and you could print off all the, right. the the original cover arts and I would put that in my box and we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining Robert in the store just be like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> 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 that, all over. <laughs> uh, never, that never really bothered me. It never bothered me at all. Um, it didn't bother me too much. And that's, no. that's because I come from the, I think it's because I come from the Genesis age where they, the boxes started out black with the, you know, the, the grid of white and then a couple of years later, they changed to red. So, you know, you have black, black, red, black, red, black, red, 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 black, red. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, no big deal. And <laughs> so now it's just like, oh, I don't care. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's, but I get it if you're OCD with that kind of stuff. I totally get it. I mean, it's... It, it was just <laughs> the collector and me wanted to go like super collector. And it was like, no, they all have to match. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm afraid to bring Susie home because she's going to judge my red greatest hit cases. <laughs> I'm sure she cared. I'm sure she cared. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's telling her girlfriends, right? Like, oh, uh, this guy I was seeing. Oh, you should what, have seen his collection. What is it? What is, what is the... What is the gif that that uh, that Nathaniel always puts in our 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 chat when I post? Look what I got! He goes, "Behold, 
my stuff. <laughs> um, Ragnarok. Yeah, from yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, there's, uh, there's Robert when he comes to behold my stuff. <laughs> statue, statue, yeah. you know, poster, cool. massive cardboard standee. Yeah, see, I I tricked my wife. She yeah. she sees the greatest hits case and walks out yeah. the door. She know? didn't yeah, she didn't see any of that stuff because I didn't collect any of sure, that stuff hardcore <laughs> till we got married. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm collecting this actual No, no, no I was I was very like <laughs> I was strategic about it, right? You don't have any of that stuff in the common rooms. So by the time there will to go into your room you're like well at this point <laughs> that's just a couple minutes i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've already agreed yep too late can't take it back now it's too late consent was given but they're all staring at me i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> So this took a turn. Yeah, it took a turn real quick, didn't it? I, <laughs> I figured that was I figured it would, yeah, but that's okay. It's, it's no big deal. It's after what's well, after eleven o'clock here. It's fine. We can <laughs> we can take that turn. We're, we're, we're in that part of the show. <laughs> yeah, we're in that part of the show. You can take that turn now. So but uh listen if you've made it this far. Yeah, if you've made it this far. Um so let's let's hit a couple of news stories. Uh Microsoft is starting to test their Game Pass family plan. Uh, I had sent this in the the message uh, chat with us the other day. This is, if this holds, it's about $25 a month U.S. It's only available in, where is it, Ireland and Colombia right now. Um, So you can have up to five people on your account uh, to share it. And the only restriction is they have to be in the same country. They don't have to be in the same house. They don't have to be in the same mm. state. They just have to be in the same country. So technically, if you have five friends, I mean that, it's five. It comes out to what six, sixty bucks a year per person. Yeah, it's five dollars. Five dollars a person. Now it's like Let's Nathaniel go. said. Yeah, well, you know, and that's that's what I told Nathaniel. <laughs> that's what I said. But you know, Nathaniel's like, well, I'm paid up for two years. I'm like, yeah, I'm paid up for two years too. But after that two years, five bucks a month. Well, I'm not. So <laughs> I should work it out because of the deal or whatever that I did when I got the three year total or whatever it was. Uh, if you paid it per month, I wonder what it would be. I'd have to go do the math on that. Yeah. Cause uh, I don't remember exactly what the total was now. I don't remember head. either. Mine was just because I've got, I got it on the, on the, uh, whatever they called it, the payment plan thing. Uh, well, I did the thing like, where you look, looking at the to Game Pass and it right. makes it a whole lot cheaper. Yeah. It, it looks like looking at the article, it's actually Game Pass Ultimate too, which is yeah. mm-hmm. even better. Yeah. Like, oh that's my god, yeah, yeah, yeah looking awesome. to PC as well. Yeah. yeah. So, hopefully, I, I would say that'll probably be. I'm guessing by the end of the year, they'll probably have that up for everybody. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a holiday thing. Hey, look, because that's been the most requested thing is people want a family plan. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I get that I totally get that. So yeah, well, plus they typically do like big system updates or things like that in the mm-hmm. fall. So this would not necessarily be a system update, but like a features update, right? That you yeah, totally roll out and yeah. be like, here you go. Yep. So if you got four other, you know, if you got four other friends and you wanna you wanna share an account and you all live in the same country, go for it. I mean, it's a deal. Um, Microsoft is uh, giving devs on the Series S a little more memory to improve improve gra- graphic performance for some reason i can't spit that out 
hey, I'm all for graphic performance out of yeah. the box because I tell you what, that Series S was is already a fantastic little system anyway. You give it a little more boost and. I'm really curious to see how this actually impacts it. What's what's the memory going to go towards? Is it going to be frame rate capabilities, or what are we talking here? I think what it is is that they're running into bottlenecks because of the less memory in the S, so giving them a little bit more system memory that they can load things into and have available to a game lets them tweak it just that little bit more so they can tweak performance or whatever. It's probably going to depend per game on what they actually get out of it. Right. But it's just like, here you go. Here's a little bit more headroom that you guys can play with. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how many devs may go back to some of the older games and tweak them. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, they I would love to see the numbers on, on the Series S. I, I want to know if it's still selling decently. Um or if it's kind of plateaued, if it's in the same sort of demand as as the X, I don't well, know. Good luck because Microsoft never re- they never release I know. numbers. So we'll never we'll just, never hear it. Yeah, you just have to kind of guess. You know, you have to go on websites and kind of guess. You know, they they make guesstimates. But I will say I've seen more Series S in the wild than I've seen Series X. I didn't see my first Series X at a Target until two three weeks ago and that's you know that's the first time i have ever seen a series x and usually i can go in and most stores have at least one to three series s's on the on the on the shelf at all times they seem to be really easy to get a hold of so i've been able to put them in my online shopping carts plenty of times i just i haven't really gone to any physical locations in a while yeah well when i'm out and about i just get yeah, I go stick my nose in the store just to get out of the truck and stretch for a few minutes. <laughs> so usually I wander back to the electronics just to see what they got. So yeah, that's that's the only reason why I know is because I just happen to be out and about. So, um, but yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see uh, see how much you know things improve because I think things run pretty well on the Series S for those that seem to be able to harness it. So. Um, so, so the past couple of weeks, since we have been away the past two weeks, a lot of stuff has come out, um, on Reddit from the, um, the the things about the, uh, the, uh, Activision Blizzard purchase from Microsoft. So Brazil released a lot of the, the transcripts and stuff and, uh, there's one Reddit user. He's went through pages and pages and translated all of it from Portuguese. Um, <laughs> it's like, man, you got a lot of, you know, a lot of time on your hands. I wish I had that much time on my hands to do stuff, but apparently Sony, when they spoke to Brazil, they believed that Xbox owning call of duty would influence users on what console they would buy. Um, even though Microsoft says they're going to keep that game multi-platform and I don't see any reason why Microsoft won't, they'll make more money keeping it multi-platform. Oh, I yeah, still say sure. than they would if they kept it exclusive. Cause I don't see your hardcore call of duty players. They're going to play with whoever, wherever their friends play. So if their friends are still on PlayStation, they're going to stay on PlayStation if it's available yeah. on PlayStation. I don't see them going out sure. and buying a, a a $500 system just for Call of Duty. I just don't see it. But I mean there's there's a lot of factors involved here, right? Like I I fully believe this to change over time. Uh 
and I think as, as we get further down and, and they're like, oh, well, best on Xbox and whatever that means, maybe it's going to run native 4K or, or you know, six, locked 60 frames per second or it has 120 FPS mode, you know, whatever exclusive thing they have just to be like, yeah, you can play it anywhere, but this version's the best. Right. I, I don't think I don't think they're wrong. I think, you know, even as somebody who primarily plays on on PlayStation, yeah, my friends are going to dictate where I play first and foremost. But but outside of that, just like back in the PS2 days, it's like, well, I like to research and see what game has, you know, which version of each game has the, the feature that I want the most. Uh, and I don't think this is going to be as pronounced as it was back then when it's like, oh, well, the, the Xbox version had the best graphics, but the, the PS2 version had this one extra character, but the GameCube version actually had this uh, training mode in there. And it's like, well, which which extra feature do I want? It's not going to be like that. No. But I, you know, More I mean, I don't me, think there's anything wrong. <laughs> like the I, phrasing is what I find funny. Here, yeah. Because you could like flip it around and be like saying like, well, Sony owning God of War could influence people to buy the yeah, PlayStation right. or yeah. Xbox. 100%. Halo. It's like the only thing that's different here is because Call of Duty is a multi-platform game and it's really, really big that a lot of people play. So everyone's worried like, well, I don't know. Well, what if it goes, you know, exclusive to Xbox and Sony's trying to capitalize that on a little bit saying like, oh, no, it could, you know, it could be bad. and I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I don't think they're saying that it's... Well, who cares? I don't think they're saying like, it's going to be bad. I mean, this is just so matter-of-fact in, in my eyes. Players. Well, that's what, they, that's what Sony's... That, they're, so they're trying to frame it in a way that's so... That, but they're not, and, they're not really framing yeah. it in any way from what I see. This is just them yeah. responding to a, a behind-closed-door question. Hey, do you think this could influence... Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Way, I mean, I, if, if you, I don't see anything. If you actually look up and read the whole thing about what they said, one of the things was they said that no game can compete with Call of Duty. No game. So did you not just buy Bungie, who makes a, you know, a first-person shooter? You're telling me that Bungie cannot make a first-person shooter that could compete with Call of Duty. I find that hard to believe. What about all these other studios that you have in your arsenal of Insomniac and Gorilla and all these other places? And you're telling me none of them games can compete with Call of Duty because Microsoft is going to have control over it. That's bullcrap. It seems disrespectful to it, us. Yeah, it seems disrespectful honestly. to me. Plus, Sony's acting like, with the way they worded that whole thing, they're acting like there's some little, small little company that's going to get run over by big bad Microsoft. And it's totally not... True, and it's not the way it's going to happen. Microsoft, or Sony this is, is, is a big. A, yeah, it's a corporation yeah. trying to block another corporation from getting an advantage in the marketplace. <clears throat> Does, is there a grain of truth in there? Sure. Is it as big as they're wanting you know everyone to think it is? Probably no. not. No, it's not. You know, yeah. I, I haven't read this article, you know, end to end. But I mean, what what do they mean by compete? with with call of duty do they mean they can't make as good of a game yes i don't know or, or are they or are they saying we can't compete with those sales call of duty is, is this huge beast there there's no ip that can compete with you know the sales that this generates i don't i don't know and i don't know if it says that in the article maybe one of you guys have I, read it all the way through and, and it, have that insight i think it boils down to sony doesn't want to pay microsoft money because that's what's going to happen. The thing about it is, is they have all they all have a contract, and Sony said they were going to, or Microsoft said they were going to keep it when they got Activision. They've got a three-year contract with Activision for exclusive content, 
for media rights to promote the game and everything like that, which means they're going to pay Microsoft money. While Microsoft is going to go ahead and say, hey, you can go over here to Sony and you can pay $70 to play that game. You could come over here to Microsoft and pay $70 to play that game, but you're also going to be able to play it on Game Pass. And that's what Sony has a problem with. That's what they have a problem with because they're afraid that, that more people are going to come to Microsoft because they won't have to pay seventy dollars to Sony for the or for the game, they just think that, and I think that's I, ridiculous. I think the part that kills me the most is like, yes, I understand it's such a juggernaut property, but also like, why don't you just focus like investing your resources into your first party studios to make something that's great? Never mind this military shooter just well, start making your and, own unique great experiences which they already do and that's that so why they like, bought bungie i mean bungie yeah. makes first person shooters they have the infrastructure to play online and stuff and sony came out and said this is why we bought them even though they're yeah. still going to make games on other systems you it know it sounds like to me where it's just like when someone there's two people who have the same best friend Right, and then that best friend just decides to spend more time at their house, right? Their house, <laughs> you know, that's and then they're getting offended by it. That's all it is, you know. But it's like, why don't you just rather than trying to coerce them into just being like, oh no, come over here, just like I don't know, invest into your own stuff, make well, it more appealing, make your platform more appealing. There's other things that they said in that report, like you know, they said that nothing can compete with with game pass for at least another four or five years because it, it'll take time to build something like that up well didn't mike oh, yeah. or didn't sony just say a, a year or two ago that this was not sustainable there's no way that uh that game pass is sustainable and then in another breath they say well this is just something that nobody can just compete with it's it, well, it comes off guess so... what sony if you put a bunch of your first party stuff onto yeah. your ps plus thing and do other things and basically just clone game pass instead of doing the convoluted thing you've got maybe you would get a lot more people going there yeah. because it would be more worth it, just like Game Pass is. I don't like... know. It's just, it just makes Sony sound like, oh, poor us. We're we're so little, and a big foot is going to step down on our throat if this goes through. Don't let this yeah, go through. It just, and every it just... other, literally every other publisher and company that Brazil interviewed has said, well, it's fine. Good. Let them have it. They yeah. will do. They'll run it better <laughs> yeah. than it's running right now. Let them have yeah, it. I, it. And now, if, so, if Microsoft had come in and said, "No, we're not going to put this," they're all going to be exclusives. And I think that's what a lot of people can't understand: is why would Microsoft pay seventy billion dollars for a company and not make Call of Duty exclusive? Because they will make more money if they leave it multi-platform. Because that game makes money. I mean, they've done it before with like Minecraft and things where so yeah they'll make more money now maybe like the next console eventually down the road or maybe they just face it out because it never doesn't make money anymore because goodness knows Call of Duty's getting old at this point but you never know what the future's gonna bring anyway so yeah like it's still big and it will be big for a while but it's not gonna stay forever nothing does so then Microsoft's response to it in the same things was well Sony blocks the rights, pays to block the rights for games on Game Pass. They tell publishers, well, we'll pay you this much money. Don't put your game on Game Pass. Now, my question with that is, is are they saying, is Sony saying, we'll give you money to develop that game, 
put it on our platform, put it on Xbox, put it on PC, no. just don't put it on Game Pass? Are they just throwing money at companies saying, and we well, don't know. from what I understand, it's part of a thing. So, like, they have a whole, like, say they're doing a marketing deal or something else. It's, yeah. That is a clause in a thing of, like, hey, if we do this, you cannot put it. It's not like they're just specifically right. only going yeah, out there I... and saying, hey, if you don't put it on Game Pass, we'll give you money. It's more a part of a bigger yeah, yeah. That, that's a really weird way to to word that. I mean, they're they're paying for some form of exclusivity. They're not saying just don't put it on Game Pass. Well, and that, that's just a silly way to put it. This is this is nothing new from any company. And I know I, I've seen a lot of people go, "Well, Microsoft has done this. Microsoft did it with Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of Tomb Raider. It had a year exclusivity to it. They didn't do it like Sony did with Final Fantasy VII. They said, well, it's a year exclusivity, and then about 10 months before the exclusivity was up, Sony paid Square more money to go ahead and keep that exclusive on PlayStation. That's why it hasn't appeared on Xbox yet. It's because they paid more money to extend that exclusivity. But what's funny is, is and I don't, I don't mean this as a disrespect to anybody who's younger, so anybody sitting in this podcast right now this is not geared towards you but i remember a time in the 80s when the nes came out and you would want to play batman on the genesis why couldn't you well it's because the way you it shouldn't worked, want to well the way it worked with nintendo was not only did you have to buy licensing rights with nintendo you had to sign a contract that said that game would be exclusive to Nintendo for so long. You also had to buy the chips off of them to make that game on Nintendo, and you had to buy the boxes off of them to make Nintendo, you know, make that game work on Nintendo. I mean, what people? How do people think this stuff works? I mean, well, when, also, when well, Xbox makes a Series X, it has a Blu-ray player in it. Guess who gets money from that? Sony, because they have a copyright right. with Toshiba and Philips Magnavox on yeah. blu-ray players so they, they all have to pay each other yeah. for whatever IP well, and or property you're, you're that they're looking for you're like... streaming games <laughs> that you play on uh playstation 5 on essentials or the whatever the highest one is the ultimate those are I don't know. I don't well <laughs> i don't know if you have that or not but anyway those playstation 3 games to stream you know what those stream off of they stream off of azure <laughs> that microsoft owns that they run that's right you know, X Cloud off of it's the same thing, and Sony plays pays Microsoft money for that. You know, it's I thought like, they used I, I thought they used their guy no, technology. They do not. They no, moved they to Microsoft. Azure they made a deal with Microsoft about a year and a half. Yeah, ago, a year and a half, like two that? years ago. Yeah. So oh. it's all running off Microsoft. So Sony's paying Microsoft money anyway. Here's the thing: all this stuff goes in behind, shuffling money back and forth. But on the front end. On social media and stuff like that, it's all, oh, well, we don't like this. Oh, yeah, well, you do this. And it's, bah, bah, bah. you know, it's like, they, who cares? They're all selling money with each other. It's just the most no. ridiculous thing. Um, I, th I think th these articles like this one, uh, they're just trying to paint a picture for clicks. And, and yeah, there's truth behind right. a lot of it. I'm sure that there's definitely uh, stuff that you can infer from this. But at the end of the day, like, this all came from an interview where they were asked a question, and what are they going to say? No, it's not going to impact us at all. I mean, it's of course it's going to impact them, but it's up to whoever wrote this article to uh, paint the picture, make you feel what, what they want you to feel to get you to stay on this page and click around. But is it going to impact them? I mean, the game's still going to be there. It's still going to be on a PlayStation console. So how is that going to impact them? You know, why? 
You, do you really best, think it's it's just ah, whatever no. this best on Xbox Xbox thing is going to be? It's but you know, there's always here's what it's going to impact. If there's people who have both a PlayStation and an Xbox and they have Game Pass, they will play it on Game, Game Pass, Pass right. if their friends are there. If it, you only have an Xbox or you only have a PlayStation and you play Call of Duty, you'll buy it or play it on whatever console you've got. Right. So it's only like a subsection of market. Sure, it will influence some. But it's not going to... But it's not like everyone. You know, it's yeah. only a certain, you know, a certain criteria, like bullet points have to be met before you would even be making this decision of like, do I play Call yeah, of Duty I, here I, or there? Yeah. Or be like, hey, just don't play Call of Duty. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think that this is going to have like this just... astronomical impact on it. And I, you know, it's definitely worded very strange here. But to, to, to say with, you know, an absolute yes or no i that's that's a harder conversation like i don't i if i was sony and someone asked me i would definitely not just be like it'll have no impact it'll have some impact i'm sure i, I don't everything does everything does exactly i just, I just don't think it's it's going to have the impact that they try to make it out to be you know? no i don't think it's going to be this huge and, and huge I, deal and not I think, anytime soon i think the only reason why they're doing that is because they just don't want the deal to go through they don't want they don't want it, so they're going to. Their position is we're going to we're going to try to give our best. We're going to put our best performance on to say no. We don't want to. Literally, yeah. every country in the world has passed this except Brazil at this point. I mean, that's the last one they're waiting on. Um, and I don't. I just, see... I just think it's a ridiculous news story in in general. Like Sony's a company. Why would they ever, you know, say, say something that's not going to be towards their benefit? Well, yeah. they have to. Well, yeah. Absolutely, you know they have shareholders. They're here to make money. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. And my question to anybody who you know agrees with uh, with Sony on this is: What if Sony was buying them? What, do you think would they keep would they keep Call of Duty multiplatform? I don't know. Sony doesn't have a huge track record of buying companies and then keeping games multi-platform. They usually I mean, keep them behind Sony because they want m- people Might be to buy on them. PC. <laughs> Maybe. At some point, you know. Uh, uh, three uh, years later. Three years later, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. That's one of the good, reasons why I don't, oh, go ahead, Dennis. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just going to make a quick comment that, like, a good example of that is I, I wouldn't trust Sony as much as I trust Microsoft in terms right. of keeping something multi-platform or not trying to alienate another audience just to bully them into coming onto their side because using uh, not necessarily a game well i guess it's technically a game but using evo as an example the moment they bought evo that same year they said hey no more smash brothers is that at evo just street fighter and tekken and then maybe a couple other ones you know but those were the big ones and they're all being played on playstation consoles no more nintendo switches no more smash brothers take this out of here and that was Smash Brothers is the them. most exciting tournament well, yeah, exactly. ever anyway yeah, exactly. like, and that's that's <laughs> yep. what people watched it for was for Smash Brothers yep. tournament that's when they had peak viewers every single time and and now they're just nope gone so yeah. alright whatever so uh, and I know a lot of people bring up Street Fighter. What was that? Five. That was only on PlayStation Four. Five, yeah. But I think some of the, I think Sony helped finance some of that game. That's why that game never came out on any other system. Yeah. Because Capcom was in a very bad place when <laughs> when they got the exclusive rights to that. Yeah. But, now they're doing incredible. Yeah. Like now Capcom, they're, they're doing really Lord. good. Yeah. Yeah. So. But but yeah, at the time they definitely. Were you know, and that's what that's what worries me with 
you know, I like Square Enix games. I don't necessarily have to have every Final Fantasy game anymore. But like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Triangle Strat- Triangle Strategy, uh, Live and Live, stuff like that. I mean, I like the, the way you said it. It was funny. Sorry. Oh, well, well, that old by Final Fantasy game. I like Square Enix games. Just <laughs> well, I do. Funny emphasis. Well, yeah, it. yeah, it was. It was funny emphasis on it. But I, yeah, I, you know, if if Sony buys them. What is all those games? You know, there's a lot of those are only on Nintendo. You know, well, except Octopath Traveler actually came over on PlayStation or uh, Xbox. <laughs> Octopath Traveler's on mobile now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I got weird. that email. I have not <laughs> opened that up. I have not downloaded it to see what it's. But all it's about. like a, they somehow converted it to free to play. I think or something. Yeah, I didn't really look into I, it too much. I, I was I like, really? Know. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I I trust, and I'm like you, Dennis. I trust. With the leadership that Microsoft has right now, I trust them more. If this would have been something five years ago or ten years ago, I wouldn't have trusted yeah. them at all. <laughs> well, just historic. His, just I'm just trying to think historically speaking. Also, where you know you see this sequence of events where it's just like, okay, well they did do that. They kept that. They kept that. They kept that. You know, and just you know, again, historically speaking. Microsoft hasn't really been as aggressive with keeping things. No, I mean, you know, there's, there's Lost Odyssey, but that was a Microsoft published game. So, yeah. of course, that's not going to come out on any system. Yeah. There was the Square Enix game that came out around about the same time, uh, Infinite oh. Discovery. Infinite. Infinite that? Discovery, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, that Infinite game Discovery. was exclusive for a long time yeah. on 360, but there's some Blue kind Dragon, of weird... Yeah. They owned the publishing rights, but then Square Enix decided they were going to publish it. So, but Microsoft still had the rights, and they and that's why it didn't appear on a on a PlayStation console for a long time. But yeah, Blue Dragon, that's another one. But that was a Microsoft published game. Well, I, so. I think one of the weirder ones in recent memory is actually the Medium, because I thought the Medium was considered an Xbox Game Studios published. It was. Title. I mean. So and that ended but up, but they they wrote PS4. it. They they wrote that in the contract that it was only exclusive for like six months or three months yeah. or something. So like that. if they're willing to do something with that, that was original to begin with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's just seems. Yeah. Well, plus you, you know, hear again, all I, these stories of independent games that Microsoft goes to and says, "Hey, we want to put this game on Game Pass. We want to give you X amount of money to finish production of it, and you can still release it wherever you want." And they still do. Tunic is a perfect example. Yeah, Tunic is a perfect example. Yeah. Still comes to, so. but it's just you know three months early on Xbox for a little while. I mean, yeah. but are they going to do something like that with Call of Duty? Gosh, no. Now maybe some other Activision new IPs they may definitely but, other stuff yeah but yeah, no but Call of Duty Call I think has, is big. historically yeah it's too big you wouldn't do and it was the same thing with Minecraft at the time too where Minecraft at that point was so globally known yeah. that by the time that they bought it I mean it just doesn't make sense to to alienate players like that anyways especially when it's such a such a large it's, it's just such a big revenue stream yeah. like it, day in and day out they've so. already made their money back oh yeah, yeah. How oh, many yeah. times over at this point <laughs> yeah <right>? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely they probably did within the first like year or yeah. two because like yeah. minecraft rolls out so much money yeah and i i mean i don't know it's it's going to be really interesting at the end of the you know, I'm assuming probably by the end of the year they will the the acquisition will go through and then I can't imagine the titles that will be dumped onto Game Pass Activision titles. It'll be on Game Pass PC and Xbox. It'll be a lot. 
Um, I read one article. Somebody said there'll be a hundred thousand subscribers to Game Pass when the Activision deal goes through. I went, no, there won't. You're going to tell me that there's going to be seventy five thousand or seventy five thousand people sign up in less than two weeks after it goes up? No, that is not going to happen unless they're giving it away <laughs> for fifty cents or a penny yeah. or free. That's the only way. Well, they like to do that, you know. Yeah, they do the dollar thing. Or three months for a dollar, yeah. Yeah, they like (laughs) like to to do that. Which, uh, that takes me back to the old Xbox. Uh, And I've told you this. uh, I've got all these cases over here with, like, free three months of live in them that I never used. (laughs) I mean, there's still cards in there that with codes in them. But I don't know. It's been hilarious to see just this going on back and forth with the camps with all this news the past two weeks it's like holy crap and i've i finally just went through twitter and went mute i don't not interested in this tweet not interested in this tweet not interested in this now all the tweets they recommend me are funny tweets and kittens i'm like yeah now these are the tweets that i like to see it's like (laughs) yeah i like to open it up and get my kitten videos and go oh look at that i like that you know It's like internet circa 2000. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> that's right. It's like, it's like oh, uh, TikTok, you get me. Oh, there's a dog one. Oh, that's funny. Oh, the kitten one. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's, oh console war. Nope, not interested in that. Let's keep going. You know? it's like, <laughs> finally, these algorithms are figuring it out. You know, it, it, it takes a while. You have to really cleanse your timeline out to get it. But some of it's just been unavoidable with these, uh, with all this stuff coming out, but everything's going to be fine. Everybody just needs to stop losing their brains. It's fine. It's just corporations wording things the way they want to word it to make them look like I'm the little guy and he's the big guy. And they're actually two big guys that are just button heads with each other all the time. You know, I mean, it's, yes, Microsoft has more money than God and they just pour it into Xbox, but you know, I mean, Sony has more than just a video game division. Now, granted, the video game division is the ones making all the money, but I don't think I don't think the Sony Bravia TVs are selling like they used to. You know, it used to be everybody had a Sony Definitely TV, not. but you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. So, okay, anything else before we say sayonara? Um, uh, Everything for me. Nothing for me either. I know. I know it's getting to be about dinner time for Robert. The rest of us are going to bed, but you know, <laughs> but Robert's going I out. Finish to, my lunch first. <laughs> yeah, he's going to finish his lunch and, and get ready to have a nice dinner. You know, the, the that's season. right. Like, you know, he's still got five more hours, six more hours to be up and do whatever he wants. We're all going to bed. It's like, well, except for uh, Dennis. Dennis is a couple hours ahead of us too. But. To be fair, I, I get up really early for work, so I go to bed a lot earlier than most people around here. Yeah, I'm sure it's like. Uh, yeah, because you you got to work on West Coast time, so yeah, that's that's only what a three hour difference for you, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah, three that's, hours. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, like I always say, if you want to join us live, uh, follow us on Twitch, um, the Gamers Lounge on Twitch, and I try to tweet out when we go live in a, a couple hours early. So at gl underscore podcast if you're on Twitter and you want to come hang out. If not. And you get it, the podcast, when you get it, when I post it, usually sometime Sunday afternoon, whenever I get a chance. (laughs) But all right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for hanging out and listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Take care.
This podcast is part of the Gamers Lounge Radio Network. Get more gaming news and shows at www.the-gamers-lounge.com.